Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. I'm Shano. And I'm the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's another episode yes. of Carpool Rugby League. And yes. you hear Shano, he's excited. Yes. We've got we're the band back together. Back, all the players are on yep. deck this yep. week. We're all, we're all back. No one's, no one's out with injury. No one's, or no one's uh, out. Everyone's, everyone is back in their habitat, uh, doing what they love and uh, sounding somewhat healthy while they're doing it. Yes. Yep. So uh, plenty to talk about this week. Um Good to have mm. you on, on board, Shano, but also uh, yes. welcome along Good work, Chameleon. boys, by the way. Good work. Good work. In the it's good to be here. Fantastic. As always, very enjoyable to, sh- to share company with you two lovely gentlemen and yeah. all of our listeners. Yeah, it's good, to, it's good to have everyone on board. Sure to have some really good chatter this week. We've got plenty to talk about. It's a massive episode, uh, massive show this week. We've uh, got all the usual favourites. We're going to go through last week's scores. We've got the tidbits. We've got the grab. We've got the gaff. Uh, we're also going to um, look at, because we are pretty much a quarter through the season now, each team's played uh, played five, uh, six games, I should say, so they've, they've played a quarter of their games. We're going to look at the ladder, where everyone sits now, and I'm going to um, ask the boys to give a bit of an... Um, a bit of a bit of an insight, bit of an update of where they think the teams are at, and um, and just a bit of a prediction going forward as to whether or not they think they might move up, uh, play a bit of snakes and ladders, so to speak. There, so we'll have a close look at every team in the Premiership. Then we've also got uh, what has become the the famous two minute tip for the preview this week. So plenty to look forward to jam packed uh, episode. Uh, and before we get too far into it, fellas, we might just quickly run through the scores this week. We're going to be talking about each team in a lot of detail well, a bit hey, later I, on. I, I just want to, um, I just want to shout out when you go over the scores. Yeah. Uh, I just want to make sure our friend, the doctor, is still okay. I think he's been on the Terps for two days. He, wow. Well, yeah, that's a that's a Very, big one. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, big one. But uh, the first first game of the round, we saw the Raiders go down at home to the Cowboys, 18 points to 12. Um, big crowd of over 30,000 got out on Good Friday to see the Rabbitohs defeat the Bulldogs, 36 points to 16. Uh, the Panthers, yet again, continue their winning ways, uh, 40 points to 12 over the Broncos. Uh, blowing out a little bit there at the end, but um, a strong win for the Panthers. Nonetheless, the Seagulls uh, defeated the Titans at home at Brookvale, 26 points to 18. Uh, the much-anticipated uh, match between the Storm and the Sharks down in Melbourne went the way of the Storm, 34 points to 18. That's probably another scoreline, or if you didn't watch the game, uh, didn't indicate just how close and how good that one was. The Roosters got the job done against the Warriors. The Warriors fought hard, but uh, weren't quite able to get there. 22 points to 14. Uh, The Roosters getting the chocolates at the the cricket ground on Sunday. Uh, The Dragons returning to the winner's circle and the Knights now looking at, uh, I think that's their fourth loss on the trot after after winning their first two, I should say. 21 points to 16. And as Shane just said there, West Tigers fans rejoice. They've been um, celebrating like they've won the Premiership. It's 2005 again for them. 21 points to 20. 
Uh, they defeated the Parramatta Eels. So plenty of talking points coming out of the weekend there just in those scores themselves. Uh, but all around rugby league, there's plenty to talk about. And as always, the man who's got all the information about well. what's going on is Shano. Thank you, fellas. I thought I'd make this slightly interactive. I'm going to ask you, this is going to start. Shano's four questions of yes or no. It's just yes or no. All right. I, I haven't quizzed them up for this. I'll I say yes. Honest answers. Yes or no. no for the first one. Just first one. Marshall well, no, King. No, it was yes to, uh, to, to what you said. Yes. Oh, cool. <laughs> Marshall King deserved 10 in the bin. Yes. Yes. Oh, very good. Are we okay. elaborating? Not on too that? bad. No, no, no. I, look. It got warned three times. Basically, it got warned three times. The yes. NRL actually have come out and said... I want to see it every the week. game, though. Yeah, NRL yeah. came out during the week and actually said that they were going to clamp down on this. It's consistency that's the problem. First part of the tidbit is that I've had a bit of, uh, bit of talk around this, a few messages my way asking yes or no. When you get warned as a club that this is going to happen... And then you get warned three times to play. This is going to happen. I don't see what else the um, I don't see what else they could have done, but give him ten in the bin. Okay, next thing: the Panthers, Edwards, Slapgate, ten in the bin for both those players, Panacea and uh, Edwards. Yes or no? I'm yes. Under the rules, yes. Yeah. Look. I was going to say... Yes or no? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Well, I've been no. asked a lot about this as well. No. Look, I actually think... Look, under the rules, it's yes. Uh, yeah. They do deserve it. I think what we've got to do is... I think what this does is bring me next into... Is bring me into my next question. Zach Lomax, Grub, yes or no? Yeah. Idiot. No, idiot. Grub, idiot? maybe not. Idiot. Idiot? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with Graham poor. on that. Graham on idiot. Poor form. Yes. Okay. Uh, Graham Ansley, <laughs> everyone, um, basically said that you know it is poor form. I think this is where looking at it, as, this is where the NRL really needs to start looking at things in regards to um, unsportsmanlike conduct. Uh, look, a lot after this has happened, you know, people you know reaching out to one another and basically uh, people from the Newcastle side of things saying, no, nah, we don't want to talk to Zach Lomax. He's a grub. So I think that um, in the unsportsmanlike space, this is where maybe a comeback, the five in the bin um, could, could um, uh, it could see the injection of something like a five in the bin. Last question. Yes or no. Nathan Cleary. Was he lucky? Yes. Yes, definitely. Yes, I'd agree yeah. with that. I've uh, asked plenty of questions during the week. Shane, you 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 know you talk a lot about the hip drop. Is it a classic hip drop? It's a classic wrestling move. No, there was no hip in it. Yeah. Well, the, I think the thing that they've got to be clear about with, with, with the Nathan Cleary one and what I've seen in other ones have gone wrong, where they wrap the leg around the yeah. player to bring well, them down. I think that's what, what they've got to look doing, at. Why they call it a hip no drop? And you're right, Griff. What there is, in actual fact, there is. What you're doing is you wrap your leg around and you use your hip and your up and you, you basically your core strength to pull the guy the other way. Um, it's not a classic hip drop as we've seen, but if he'd done an ACL, I wonder if that fine would have gotten into um, 
would have gotten into uh, some sort of suspension territory. I look by the letter of the law, he, he he probably shouldn't have even been given given a fine. But in what we're looking at is is it time to start looking at undue um, undue pressure on the knee? We have that for the neck. That's the crusher tackle. Are we starting to look at a system by which is undue pressure on the knee? Personally, I think the NRL needs to wake up and uh, look at that because this will happen again. Yeah, This will happen again and again, and then someone's ACL and season will be gone. I don't blame Nathan Cleary. I actually applaud him because his good record got him the fine, in my opinion. I think that this is a fundamental issue with the NRL, and rather than dig their head, put their head in the sand, they have to wake up to themselves. That's the first four from Shano bit more interactive let's jump into something can I just, else can i just sorry just just sure. just quickly just want to just with that cleary one before we move on sure. just not not to labor the point but just just ask you the, the the thing that i find interesting is that um you know often with other tackles say it's a um you know a lifting tackle and whatnot we hear the terminology a lot look you put him in a dangerous position where like we've gone away. Yeah. You don't hear very often yep. now above the horizontal list. They go, look, he was put into a dangerous position. Mm. This, this could be one of those things where the NRL starts to look at it and say, okay, do we broaden that, that view of what's a dangerous position and could be injury uh, causing? Um, yep. I, I just, just an interesting thing. And like, obviously I won't say who said this, but it's someone who listens to the show. They're a big Penrith fan and they know who it is. They actually messaged me during the week talking about this. And this is this is unprompted. And basically, this is coming from a Panthers fan. I'll paraphrase. He said, I reckon Cleary should have got two weeks and I'm a fan. Deliberate, probably not, but dangerous. And it could end someone's season. If he played yeah. for the Dogs or Tigers, I doubt he would have gotten off. That's coming from a Penrith fan. And I, I don't want to get into one of these debates where it's a... Oh. You know, Graham, some some quite, are starting. This is this is a Penrith fan. This is, no, but this is quite pertinent because mm. Graham Annesley actually had to come out during the week and talk about the rub of the green, because coaches from certain sides perceiving they're not getting the rub of the green uh, regarding penalties, regarding certain things, situations in the game. I, I think there was a, a a term that was used called um, unconscious bias which I found really interesting because Phil Gould's talked that, about this too. What's that? Phil Gould's talked about this. Yeah. Too. Okay. Might be Phil Gould who's, who mentioned it. Unconscious bias. And you got to wonder, um, I, I actually don't think for the tackle, there's any precedent that they could have worked on. Although NRL doesn't work on precedents. Remember, although that's now, does now. Um, but I, I really think that this was a unique tackle. Had his stud stayed in the ground, his knee would have gone. It's just lucky that, the yeah. ground soft yes. and it all flicked out and you know it's a night game and everything if that was three o'clock sunday it might have been a slightly different story but like i said i've done martial arts in the past I, I currently do it now done wrestling i'm telling you now that's a wrestling move what's what's I'm the talk about that is a wrestling move that's how you get someone to the ground yeah and you know what if they don't fall with you they hurt themselves it's 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 no different in terms of your leg, and, and I, I was sort of, some people I was talking to over the week were arcing up about going, oh, is it that bad? What is it? I said, what you're actually trying to do is you're trying to manipulate the leg to go with you. And, that, and that's what you do in wrestling. And that's what you do a lot. Of the, 
It's no different to an armbar or a chicken wing. Mm. What you're trying to do That's is you're a, trying to make the player <coughs> do something. It's a leg version of a chicken, chicken wing. wing. You were trying to, you're trying to get that. And it's the same with the armbar. It's bar. the drumstick. It's the drumstick. Yeah. It's we'll coin it here. It's the drumstick. It's, it's, that's right. It's the what's the one with the thigh and the leg? The Maryland. It's the Maryland. <laughs> it's you know it is. That'd be it's more a, a pair a pair of animals. No one, different. It? It's actually no Maryland. different. For those that don't like the breast, I'm that's a breast right. man myself. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Leave Maryland to Mary. To Maryland. But yeah. it's it's no different. It's no different to any of those kind of things. You're manipulating the leg to a point where it has to. You have to move yeah. with it. Or you're going to seriously injure I mean, yourself. Yeah. Thank God he studs this, flipped out. Look, but, and, and this no, look, isn't a this isn't a Nathan Cleary thing. No. no, no, this is this is but, a fundamental thing that the NRL needs to look at. Yeah, it. You know what? It does this kind of wrestling thing very poorly, and that was only going to be my point. Is that in in history shows history shows that it does this wrestling thing very poorly. And it really takes an injury before they do something about it. I think they should be on the front foot right now. Find, find whatever. I think they should be doing something right now, and they should be looking at it, and they should find. Um, they should find <laughs> out about. It. Uh, I'd just like to do a shout out on my next tidbit to uh, Seven O Two because I wasn't listening to them on the way home from getting pizza. My <laughs> this next tidbit would have sounded really stupid. Um, I was going to rubbish the Knights for not being able to ink the deal with Caleb Ponga, but here it is. He signed. He signs an extended deal until 2027. I don't know if it means his dad's now the mayor of Newcastle or not. I haven't seen the fine print, but no doubt, uh, no doubt something would have gotten there as well. Uh, That's Andre the Giant. Andre, yes, Andre. <laughs> and, uh, he was look, a wrestler. Look, um, I suppose to the listeners who don't know the history of this, um, Newcastle Knights and West Group CEO Philip Gardner. Um, he basically is a very straight shooter. He he at once he, look during the week it actually looked like he had pulled the the deal for, off the table, as if to say if they're going to be idiots about it, we'll pull the deal and you figure it out. Um, in saying that, he did sign. Um, they got a bit of a they got a bit of a. Um, They've got a bit of a strange situation where their their recruitment officers in Townsville. So he flew down when he heard it might be off the table. Um, for those of you who don't know, as part of his last deal, um, Andre, his dad, I think he wanted to be a part of the assistant coaching squad. Uh, instead, he got a job in recruitment. Um, from what we hear, something very... to do with the, uh, the the women's team, Shane. Yeah. From what we hear on very little money, because as soon as they found out he had a job, the salary cap auditors were all over it. Um, anyway, it really sounds like that um, they've been able to ink the deal. Um, very little details as yet. This is just breaking. Uh, but he has signed. He will stay with the Newcastle Knights. Very interestingly, um, I'd love to see some of the mail coming out. Was the meeting with, with, uh, with Bennett... Um, he always said he wanted to stay at Newcastle. He said, I see myself as a Newcastle Knight. I'm wondering if the Bennett um, meeting uh, helped or hindered the, the, the situation. Um, we did hear, look, I was trolling through a few things during the week. Um, apparently third parties were some of an issue. Uh, but anyway, he will sign until 2027. 
Uh, and interestingly, also just breaking, Milford will be training with uh, the Newcastle Knights. So that's a very interesting thing. On third-party agreements, it appears that's why um, if, if the Dolphins were to run out today, they'd hope they were playing seven aside because they'd only be one short. Um, that's what it appears to be the discussion at the moment that the, um, that the Dolphins are struggling to attract players because they can't get third-party things over the line. Interestingly, the NRL put it out there that they're only the Dolphins because they want to attract a broader audience. That has failed, in my opinion. If they can't get third-party deals from, from, from here, there, and everywhere being called the Dolphins, I think they should scrap it, go back to being called Radcliffe and see what they can do from there. I, I really think that this is something, this is now an issue for the NRL. Um, really, this side is going to be taking the football field in a very short space of time within a season now. We're within a season of them taking place. And um, we hear that their signings are plenty during the week. I, I, you know, there is no mail anywhere. I hope to God I'm wrong because um, it could be a could be a very interesting situation ahead. Um, a few little things, guys. Um, a few little things, guys. Look, I really think that from going back to the Knights, Newcastle better learn from this Ponga thing because they don't want to lose anyone that, that good again. Um, <clears throat> yeah, a few, few little things that um, we're going to talk about. Uh, Nickel Clock's dad. Um, mail I'm hearing is maybe on the slight outer um, at, at Canberra. Uh, we're going to go through the team news. He's on the bench, as far as I'm aware, this week. Um, I actually heard this mail two weeks ago that, that he... That, that there might be a bit of friction there. Um, interesting, he's named on the bench. Um, and yeah, look, there's a few things that will come up during our team news, but really, I think that's taken up enough time for Shano's tidbits. Uh, well done, Shano. Plenty of talking points there. Good to hear. Um, good to have you back. We've missed the tidbits. I do enjoy a good tidbit. Um, I've I actually got... I, thought... Go I, know, on, I know we're going to talk about something... Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. You know, I thought I'd make it more interactive this week. I like the interactive tidbits. I oh, like so that's my a tidbits. feature that'll, that'll stay. Yes. So I like so I can get, please, listeners, keep sending me those I like when I can get interactive and hands-on with my tidbits. Keep sending me those texts. I'm keep sending me yes those questions. That. Keep sending me those questions. I've actually so got yes a tidbit for you. Yeah? Did you know that on this day in 1908, um, the first game of rugby league was played in the uh, New South Wales Rugby League? Maybe. Yes, 114 years ago today. I saw it on the on the NRL website. There you go. Today. So, a bit of trivia. Um, Birch yeah. Ball. It was a double header. Yeah, and I think um, first game was North versus South. Was South won. It was they like did. the American Civil War, wasn't it? <coughs> yeah, well, we could have it. We could have an American Civil War. Incidentally, talking about taking the game to America, that they wanted to do. I think South or North were meant to play Glebe. Who was the other game? Don't know. Don't I think they're all played. <laughs> no, but that's why North versus South. That's why they did it. I heard they were going to, meant to play Glebe or something. And the reason why North played South is because they said, "Oh, North versus South to try and like to try and build it up." Like it was like a. Apparently, they got 
apparently I heard an anecdote once they said they went to the rugby union and said, who would you put? And they go, oh, north versus south. You've got to have like, you know what I mean? Like the opposite. And that's how it come about. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I mm. heard. It's interesting you mentioned. West? Yeah, and I that's what that I thought. Maybe East played West. That's what I thought. <laughs> but I think Glebe was in there. I didn't do I that. Bar Compass. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Had the whole uh, the bus company. The bus company. Yeah. <laughs> There's a free plug. There's a free plug, eh? Compass. They'll, right. they, the they'll get line. you. They know okay. where to. They know I'll the right direction to go. to go. Compass. If you want to go south, uh, south east, you're bugged. Actually, uh, round one. Here you go. I'll give you the results. Round one. Yeah, yeah. Glee beat Newcastle. South beat North. Balmain smashed Wests. East beat Newtown. And that was the round. So yeah, Birchgrove Oval and uh, Wentworth Park. Everything, everything knocked over on, uh, believe it or not, a Monday. Look at that, greatest Monday. game of all. Yeah. Wonder if um, it was Easter Monday. The the interesting thing I was going to say, you know how you mentioned there the American yes. Civil War. There's been talk this week, and I know this is a bit uh, off topic, but bit of talk that. Um, they're trying yes, to, to America. get a yeah. game in the US, which would likely be um, Manly versus South. Uh, Scott mm. Penn's trying to um, <laughs> organise with uh, Russell someone... Pro to get a game you... happening over in the US. You've got I to like look the for... idea. I like the idea too. You've got to look for it. Someone on you the radio. It was like... after. Someone on the radio. It's one of the commercial stations. I don't know who it was. I got, I, I heard it. And then when I tried to find it again, I couldn't find it. They are talking about Scott Penn bringing it to bringing the game, but to America. Mm. But it made me laugh because yeah, you know, it's an actor. It's California, America. Yeah, and he has nothing to do with Manly. <laughs> it just made me. Oh, they say giggle. Sean Penn did they? Yeah, Sean Penn. I said Scott then. Sean yeah. Penn. Sorry, he was Sean. married to Madonna many Sean. years ago. Was he? Decades. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Oh, decades ago. Maybe in the eighties. <clears throat> there you yeah. go. Well, yeah, that's um, but that's um, because they tried to get it. Russell Crowe tried to get it over the line, but didn't quite work. And uh, did uh, South played the Leeds Rhinos over there for a preseason game? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. Yep, that's yeah, it. Yeah. They did mm-hmm. the Rhinos. They're not yeah. going so well. The Rhinos. Yeah. They're in relegation trouble. Yeah, I tell you what, though, when South Sydney go to America. I'd rather they didn't go, because every time they go to America, something bad happens. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing good comes out of there. Yeah. Like I haven't. The only person associated with South Sydney where anything good comes out of America is Russell Crowe. He yeah. wins. He wins. He wins stuff. <laughs> Nothing. We lose. Uh, no, I think. I think it's a great idea. It's a good, great it's idea. I think it's they're about talking about time. playing yeah. it a week yeah. before the other yeah. round one game, oh. which makes a lot of sense. Ah, yeah, and, yeah okay. And, and, I was wondering and, how they're going to do that. And the other thing is, when you look at the influx of interest, especially in that north, uh, north east region of America, south of Canada, in rugby league, I really think a game in America would actually build on that. Like we've spoken before about how there's that growth area. I, I know that they want to go to California. I think that was what was talked about. I know that's a time zone thing, which again, yeah. the NRL could wake up. West because Coast, yeah. Perth, please, Perth, Perth, Perth. If they want to take it to the people, rugby league people, 
I really think that East Coast, um, that Upper East Coast is, is, like is New York probably, sort of area. probably more where it's at, but it's going to be rubbish for us. But you know what? In saying that, if they're going over there to build the game, I'll be going. I'll go to their well, home game round two or three. Oh. I, I, no, it's not about me. This game. This is about building it elsewhere. I think we've got to give. I think if we're going to go over there, go to where it's needed. That's oh, my only saying. A West Coast Saturday night game would be Sunday Arvo here, so it could line up well. It's not out of the realm of possibility. It's not. It's not crazy. It's something to keep your eye on, and definitely something that may. It, grow I, I, I think. It, I think it's going to happen. I think yeah. it will happen. Yep. So we'll Manly see, and then South could be an annual fixture. Who knows? It can only be good for the game. It can only build the game. Well, you look, you look what the NFL do <clears> in <throat> London now. Yeah, and, and the way they take the game to Europe, and the explosion of the game in Europe. Yeah. Um, you look at you look at you know Formula One, <laughs> like going to America was just never on the cards. It was a punish. That they're looking at three. Uh, you know who knows? This this could actually build the game in that country and you know if it's if it's rubbish for our time zone okay we'll cop it for one game you know it's it's, it's it doesn't you know it's is what it is i It'll think to take it if to, it's saturday night it'll be great for our time zone it, yeah, it's, yeah the, anyway. the thing is what you stand to lose compared to what you stand to gain yes to massive 100%, 100%, 100% you can okay right. maybe it's a dud and so what but imagine if it's not you know yeah, um, and, and the silly thing is, like, if you if you talk about night football <clears throat> on the east coast, it's morning football here. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's and it's not going to happen that often. It could be something that happens. Once I think a it's year a good thing. A I really think it's a good thing. Look, I really think it's a good thing. They'll get out and watch it. Yeah, I, and I you think know it's what? Good. You watch. You watch. The next move will be an NRL game in England. Yeah, I think that's, and I think that's, I think that's so important. I really do think that's important. I'd love to see, um, I'd love to see a team like Penrith or the Roosters take a game there. I, I really, if if South, if South and Manly, too. if South and Manly going to go over to America, I would love to see Penrith Roosters. Like, yeah, you know, I know, I know that you'd fill a stadium with expats. I know yeah. that's a big game for us, but geez, if that was in England, that would just be yeah. You don't want to send I, the Bulldogs versus Cowboys. No, no. And, <laughs> uh, well, no. Um, look, the, the reality is that those teams that are involved, it does create huge potential for them to expand their brand. Most um, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I'd, I'd be very much in favour. Yeah, of, of when, Penrith doing something like that in the UK. Yeah. When Russell Crowe, when Russell Crowe bought South Sydney, and <coughs> the American Chopper guys came over, and uh, well, no, Orange County Choppers, what, what American Chopper show? Anyway, there were actual. You know how we have culture kings here, where we have culture kings. We can buy American basketball yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I buy my Seattle SuperSonics hats because you know they don't exist anymore, and I still live in the past. But over there, there was Rabbitohs gear that people were buying. People saw the Rabbitohs as a brand, mm. as you know. And I think if, if you can if you can if you can associate with things like that, like they had no idea what a Rabbitoh was. It was a name. And I think if you can start to build that, I agree with Griff. I, I, I really do. I think it's a good thing. 
Yep, no, plenty to keep our eye on there and um, hopefully something will grab our eye down the track. But I'm really interested to see what's grabbed Griffo's eye this week for Griffo's Grab. Griffo's Grab! What you got, mate? Yeah, look, uh, two words, Cameron Monster. Just get straight <laughs> oh, to the wasn't point. Wasn't he? Um, wasn't he? Good. There are a lot of things to grab. <coughs> grab my eye last week, but... Um, you know, you look at the highlights of the round and, and yeah. you can't go past yeah. what Munster did against the Sharks and high quality opposition and he literally tore him to shreds. Um, in the yeah. first half, uh, he, he just produced a solo try that was amazing. He, he put on a goose step, then a, a dummy and he went round Nico Hines. He cut through... Um, one one or two chase couldn't catch him. Then he put out the big dummy, which um, fullback Will Kennedy took hook, line, and sinker, and um, it just went straight past him in, on the inside. And then that was, you know, that was just, just a, a brilliant piece of uh, individual play from a brilliant player. But that wasn't all. Uh, in the second half, he set up a few tries, including one where he. He made a big line break and uh, drew the full back in and, and passed to the flying Dutchman who went in unmarked under the post. He just literally ripped the Sharks to shreds. And the Sharks were good for most of the game, but uh, he was the difference between the two teams. I two, agree. In, in a great game. Oh, um, he was the greatest. You know, you know what? What, was, what does Fitzgibbon do at full time? Say, hey, guys, you know, we can't sing the victory song tonight, but, geez, I don't know if we could have done anything else. We just played a freak tonight. Like, yeah. like he, he was just so good and so far. Like, tell me where – I often say when you see a, a game like that where there's this individual brilliances. I remember there was one um, Nathan Cleary last year, um, and you've seen players before, you know, the, the Cameron Smiths and the Cooper Cronks and, and you know, you see them, you see them and you go, there are games where you just go, I don't know what we could have done. We, we couldn't have done anything different. We play any other side, we win. We play Melbourne on any other night, we win. It just, he just stood up and did the most outstanding things. Like even there was a pass he threw, um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think who he threw. He might have thrown it to um, Pappenhausen, and he threw it, and it was nowhere near. And Pappenhausen sort of ran around a player to catch it, and you just go, "Holy! How do you do? like to have the foresight to know my fullback is going to be there? My fullback's going to be there. I'm just going to put it right here, and he will run around and get it." That. That's a guy who is just in control of not only the team's game, but his game. It was scary how good he was. Uh, look, as a Blues fan, you know, like you go far out. Well, I hope that's his one a year. You know what I mean? Like, like what's that, that was... worth? What's that worth to a club? If you put a price on, oh, and you, you know where I'm, I'm probably getting here. Now. What's he worth? What, well, what 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 sort of value do you yeah. put on a Cameron Munster I, 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 per year? I like it how what was it? I don't know if you guys saw NRL three sixty. Yeah, that's where I'm getting Yeah, it. yeah. And, and I thought, I thought you're, you're Paul doing Braith yourself a favour. Paul Braith and Asta, he was 
He was backpedaling hard, and it was a fair question and a very good question. Um, at but, which point he's sort of saying, "Well, he's improving his worth. What can, what else can well, we do?" Yeah, but on um, the other side of that, the storm. From what we're hearing, let a guy like that go. They're upgrading Coates, Hughes, and Grant, which means they're asking Munster to take a pay cut. The Storm are offering yeah, you Munster can't, you can't a reported seven fifty to eight hundred thousand right. a year. That's right. No. no wonder you've got another half a dozen clubs circling. He, Someone he will should. give him over a million. The stupid thing is, it. this is where this is where the, the Dolphins, the Dolphins should just pull the trigger. He proved on the weekend he's worth it. Pull the trigger, offering that multi-million dollar deal, done. Well, the Dolphins, the talk is the Dolphins are willing to offer 1.2 a season. That's what to, the numbers are. The thing knows. is, he's he's actually, I think in his contract for this year and, and next year, yeah. Storm, he's actually on big money. That's right. Um, back end. I think it's, it's yeah, might be 1 million plus next yeah. year at the Storm. And when they talk about a pay cut, um, that's for that is years the, down the track. Yeah. So he's sort of making his money um, big this year and next year at Storm. Um, he obviously added very much to his uh, appeal to any possible club that wants to sign him and, and would have upped his price on, based on, on what he showed last week. But it's it's not a one-off game for him. No. He's done this over years. He's a big big game player. Yeah, yeah sometimes he has an off night. But um, <coughs> I question if he's going to be as effective in a, in a fledgling team like the Dolphins. Um, you mentioned Shano that he threw a pass to – to, to pop in Houston and and he did. Um, he's got quality around him. Harry Grant, um, Hughes, Jerome Hughes, Papin Hughes, and yeah, um, he's not going to have that same quality around him. If he goes to the Dolphins, he's he's virtually giving up his chance of winning any more premierships. It's a balance between: do you want to make the utmost cash? Or do you want to still be making? I mean, the three of us together, if we put our salaries together, it'd only be half of what he's going to yeah. make on a cut price storm deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when That's you look true. at it that way. That's true. I mean, okay. Yes, he could make more money, but um, what do you value more, money yeah. or premierships? Um, he's a chance of winning multiple more premierships at the Storm. And I know he's already won a couple. Already won a couple. Um, Maybe but, he's got the premierships yeah. now he wants the money. Well, that's the thing. It, it's what do you want? Um, he's worth, <coughs> He's worth obviously, he's one of the few players that you would say, yep, that's a million-dollar player Yeah, because he wins your games um, and he does it regularly. So, yeah, he's worth it. Well, it, it comes back to to what he values himself. Um, the difference between you know, and it might be you know, if, if we're talking about four hundred thousand dollars difference each year over maybe three years, and that's a substantial. You're looking at over a million, um, and and it sets you up for life. But you know, the way I look at it is, if he's earning, let's say he can earn eight hundred grand at the storm. If that's still setting you up for life, 
you know. I, um, yeah, I, I think he's better off staying with the Storm. But if he wants the cash, he goes, it becomes yeah. a dolphin. I, I think when I look at Cameron Munster, I've got to eat a bit of humble pie because I actually thought he was just a child. I thought he's a good player. You know, he, he can do freakish things, but he's a child. Not this year. He's shown some impeccable leadership qualities this year where I think if I was a club like the Dolphins, I, I would say my offer is not only based on the fact that, that you're a very good player, exceptional player, but you're the leader of this club. Now, that, 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 yeah, you're right, Griff. They're not going to win a premiership. They're not going to win a premiership in his tenure. I, I, just think, I just think there's a lot of players these days who look at legacy and, and, who, and, 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 and again, who look at cash. And, and, and we, we could talk about, you know, for every player that stayed at a, at, a, at a winning club to win a premiership, there's one that left a winning club to get the cash. So it's like a 50-50 split. And I just wonder if if I was the Dolphins, I'd be really saying to him, it's not a, it's not about us paying you the cash. The investment in you, monetary-wise, is, is that is what you're worth. But your leadership that you've shown at the moment and what you could bring to our club and the coaching elements in that, unfortunately, you won't reap the benefits of it. But you know what? Our club is going to springboard itself into the future, it's going to have it's going to have lean years, but on the whole, it's going to have a good decade because you're going to bring a cultural aspect to our club that we need, and we need to pay you for that. We okay, stay with us for as long as you want, and we'll give you. You know, I don't know what type of carrot they've got to give this guy, but he's got the knowledge and know-how to springboard this club beyond Wayne Bennett. What's Wayne Bennett? Three, two, three years, like. Seriously, what's the longevity of that guy? Whereas someone like Cameron Munster will do that. Unless they've got Cameron Smith or someone like that in their back pocket. I think someone that's been under the Bellamy system that has the leadership and the skills of this man, it's, 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 it's a no-brainer. I'd be moving heaven and earth to get that guy there. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at... You know, on the NRL website, and I'm, I'm seeing a, a photo of of a guy in a similar situation, different position on the field, come out of a very successful career at the Melbourne Storm. He now plays in blue and white. Yeah, and you wouldn't know he's on the field. Josh Adokar. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, he. I, I know he had his reasons for coming. He wanted to come back to Sydney for family yeah. reasons. But yeah, that's true. Um. And, and Monster is a Queenslander, so that is yeah. in his favour to go back home. But he's just got his yeah. first try last weekend. Yeah, this is the game's yeah. best winger. Hasn't is it something? Am I miss? Am I am I wrong in saying? I, I thought I saw an interesting stat. I think he he may not have the highest assist rate in the dogs, but he's right up there. If he if he's not if he's not the high, what winger? In a club, like I know what you're saying, Griff, that he's just gone to the wilderness now at the dogs. But stupidly, he he's you know he's he's doing the job of everyone else. I, I agree with you, and mm. and that's and that's again what makes it so tough. And you look at a guy like Burton, you know where what he's left, and the dogs are they're floundering. They they we'll are get to, they we'll are get to them. Later. We will <coughs> a 
It then. won't be too long until we get to them because we're going to start at the bottom I, of the ladder and work our way up. Could I just... <laughs> I want, I've got an honourable mention. Or actually, two honourable mentions with the grub. Oh, maybe even three. Scott Sorensen. Yep. Last yeah. week. Absolutely outstanding. He... Mm-hmm. he, he um, he did things that uh, and not exciting. a name you hear, not a name you hear a no, lot of, you know. Like no, no, actually, that's good. I'd actually see him. Uh, I can't remember if it was when he was with the Sharks or, or the Raiders, but he did a similar thing at uh, at Penrith Park quite a few years ago, where he just uh, out of nowhere just made a line break and scored a try. So it's yeah. not the first time he's done it at the ground, but he um, he did it wonderfully in the first half. Did it again in the second half, which led to a try off the next play. Um, I'm not sure if it was the play, but um, Nathan Cleary's kick across field, which looked like it was going out, and then just Taylor May just pops out his uh, his left hand, reels the ball in, and uh, and then everyone thought the ball was going out. Roundy goes try, and I can't. Uh, I can't but say that another thing that caught my eye was Jackson Hastings putting over a field goal for the Tigers yeah. to win the yeah. first game. There was a lot of grass. That was good. He showed. Can I just can I just add something to that? He showed something, and it's, it's, okay, it could be a flash in the pan. He could play like garbage for the next ten weeks. I don't know. At halfback, he showed something that that they've missed. And and in the absence of Adam Dwayne, he showed a leadership quality on the on the week on on the weekend or Monday, sorry, that that we haven't seen before. Can I get a yes or no from you guys? Mitchell Moses, does he have an inability to ice the big games? No, I disagree. He's yeah, that's it. why he's I was wondering. Yes or no? That's the question. Yeah, yeah I was sorry. He missed yeah. out on Monday, but yeah. he's done it many times yeah. before. I, I, I was actually before that game on um, Monday. I, I was really wrapped with his performance. I was actually going yeah. to come yeah, on yeah, here I, and I'm glad and when we start. I, I was making notes about Origin teams pushing for him to be in the Blues. Like, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah it's a good point. Squad. I, I, I agree with you guys. I honestly thought that the Paul Bugger, I thought that was probably, uh, in, uh, you know, like we could. Mitchell Moses copped a bit of flack in the press uh, Did he? on Tuesday. I thought Reed Marnie deserves half, the, <laughs> deserves three quarters of what he copped. Um, you know, I was reading a few things, listening to the radio and whatnot, and reading some stuff. It was I, I thought he no, I thought he actually had a great I thought he had a, a very good, good game. But like, you know, I thought I thought the turning point was actually that kick out in the floor from Reed Barney. I thought that I thought if that had okay, forty twenty would have been lovely. If that had just found touch and forced and forced the Tigers back into their zone, I don't I, I, you knew a knock on was gonna happen. You just found that like they were just their confidence was was falling. Then all of a sudden it built, and yeah, I I I, I think um, yeah, I thought Mitchell Moses, I thought he's pretty good. I, I I really you know, he he did a kick under absolute insane pressure and and <coughs> put in a situation he probably shouldn't have been put into and was unlucky to unlucky to get it. Unlucky. No, to you know, you some of those like yeah, he should have yeah, iced 50, 50, 50. should have iced it, but he got it went close. 
he's won them games before in, in yeah, the same they, situation. I just I found go. the whole. I just found there's a hole they played down in that last twenty minutes, where the Tigers had their hooker off. I just felt they played down to them. I, the whole team just didn't. And really, you know, like I, I, I thought about it today. If I had to, okay, name me the three players in the last maybe five to ten years. Name me three players who would who would be the highest field goal getters in the league. Name me three. DCE, Reynolds, Reynolds, Reynolds Kiri. Yeah, DC, Kiri, yeah. right? Right, okay. And Moses just, he's up Okay, there. now you look at those three, right? You look at when they score those. They score them in the most strangest of times. How many times have you seen Penrith, South, Manly, uh, and, and Cooper Cronk when he was playing? With the roots, how many times did you see that team up by thirteen because they did a kick, a field goal kick for dummy half before half time? And you yeah. think, oh, what a, what a, what a, what an awesome, what an awesome thing to do. They've, they've, they've done a field goal before half time. No, they didn't. They got the ball. They had fifty seconds on the clock. Their captain said, field goal simulation. They went up the field, did the simulation, kicked the field goal, and that's the practice. I just think that's Para's problem. It's got nothing to do with Moses. It's just that simulation in play. I, I was surprised that no one went for a field goal. Like, I just they're... think because, you know what, Moses doesn't when they count. I've never seen Para go in at halftime seven, <laughs> up by seven. Because yeah, with 30 seconds to go, and that's what, the, that's what Penrith do it. If Penrith can be up by 20 and they'll run a simulation, South used to do it with Reynolds. DC at Manly. When, when the Roosters... How many times have our clubs gone in a halftime or finished a game on an odd mm. number because they run these simulations? That's Para's problem. I'm seeing uh, I've seen Reynolds and, and uh, Cleary do the two pointers as well. Yeah, they just they run, yeah. they call it, you know, because it's like <clears throat> it's like a machine. They go bang, 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 bang up the middle, back because they got good got hookers that know what they're doing. Back, snap, done. In they go at the sheds. Given, given the Seven, Tigers, three. given the Tigers' form, can we forgive Para for not practicing field goals last week at training? No, but they should <laughs> do it every week. Like, you know, you know what I mean? It took me four. I was down the south coast. It took me four places before I could find a, a, an establishment that had the game on. Wow! So I didn't yes. actually see the I was game. Until how far about... south were you? No, I'm just down way. Um, Goodness oh, me. Lovely. So I went to... Narrawally? Well, there's no club there, but that's... No, no, uh, but you go to Narrawally. I stayed there, yeah. Right? That area there. I, I was in the Mazda Hotel there for a couple of nights. That's lovely, um, yeah, yeah. I've heard yeah, that it's, guy's it's a nice, nice spot. It's very cheap. Um, a bit blue. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> so I missed that. What was that? Oh, just... I said it's a bit blue. <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. Very blue. Um, yeah, I tried. Uh, I went to the bowling club at Molly Mook. It was closed, but open. Oh. Then I went to the golf club there at Molly Mook. I walked in there. Um, yeah, the, the Milton Dollar X Servos Club, surely. Yeah, oh, that was that was third. Oh. Um, so the Molly Mook Club, they had some music on, and then I, I went to the gentlemen's, came out, and then there was AFL on. I thought. Okay, I'll try the uh, the ex services. 
Um, I went to the ex services, which is, you know, it's, it's about nearly a 10 minute drive. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, That's true. Yeah. Got in there, you know, you go through, you go to get your, you go in yeah. and they've got the AFL on again. I thought this time I'm going to say something. I said, is it, you know, is it possible to, to put the NRL on? He said, we don't have Foxtel. Your club don't oh. have Foxtel. And I was talking to a gentleman there because he heard me and he said, he said, ah, this happened to me yesterday. I said, I said, yeah, I've been to three places. He said, yeah, you know, I went to the golf club. They don't do Foxtel here. They don't do Foxtel. So anyway, I end up going to the pub in the middle of town. I don't know if they call it the Marlin or something like On that. the corner of the Marlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah the Marlin, yeah. 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 And, uh, and there it was, four minutes to go in the first half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but God. yeah, it was, it was very entertaining. And I just, you know, got a bit, there was a little bit of banter started. It was, everyone's pretty quiet until, you know, it's getting towards the pointy end of the game. And, and I'm sort of saying, look, I said, I've got no confidence in the, in the Tigers to be able to play for 80 minutes or, or their defence. This was a bit about, you know, maybe seven or eight minutes to go. And they were pretty ragged in defence, but, but to their credit, they held them out. And I said, uh, you know, oh, the power is going to go down the field, score a try. You know, a couple of minutes later, power is going to go down the field. Moses will, will drop a field goal, you know, Nowhere in in that uh, in any thought process did I have that uh, the lost time <laughs> kick a field goal because yeah. they stuffed it up earlier before yeah, they Moses. Did. They did, yeah, they did. It was it was a dreadful play where they didn't they didn't no. get a, a an attempt in no because uh, they went that's right Marnie went the wrong way yeah. <coughs> he went to the ground just in case you were wondering Griff I think it was ninety two eighty to the Hawks over Geelong. I did watch the KO Mini and it was a bludger. So you were lucky to go to the oh, okay. pub. We're going to start talking about AFL. I'm going to duck out bludger. for a piss. Anyway, so you're lucky you went to the... Are you guys going to talk about the AFL? Because I'll duck out for a piss. No, no, I just I, thought I, I'd put I it out think there. I'm, did, did the Giants <laughs> win? Just and a case. shout out just, to one of our Just in case listeners. you wanted to hear it. I think, they were, I think it was case, seven all and then they won. Just like... in case you wanted to hear it. You know, I'd hate for you to have thought you'd have missed it. Um, Oh, what was that? The 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 GW no, Giants. Oh, the Giants. They were not expected to win, the according Giants. to Randall, one the of Giants. our biggest fans. Giants. I think they were playing Melbourne. They were. It was like a hundred. Are they all from Melbourne? Fifty odd. I don't remember the final score. One hundred twenty to fifty-three. I think it was. One hundred twenty to something. They got dusted. They got plowed. Okay. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad. Another another KO. What about was, the Giants? Uh, at least a team wearing wearing orange. Look, GWS, they're similar colours. And to put it out to Randall, um, the game, the game, <laughs> the game I felt. If we are going to talk about the AFL, um, the Sydney versus West Coast game, that was that was pretty good to watch. And who won that one, Shino? Because I don't Sydney. know. Sydney, Bible. Sydney, Bible. Sydney, 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 Country Mile. Okay, cheer, cheer, red and the white. Yep. Anyway, Carpool Rugby League. We might next week was diversified. Carpool. I'm just gonna play it. Oh, you talking about that, the AFL. Was, was our last five minutes the gap? This is the gap. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone switched off. I thought I better get them back. Oh, goodness. Um, that was like the Oscars then. That's the music they should have. Yeah. Um, I don't remember getting slapped. Oscar. Oscar. I don't know isn't what good, Isn't it good that, know, you know, Zach. with Jeddah, because you know how Chris Rock hassled Will Smith's wife. 
And I feel sorry for her. Isn't it good that they were able to make a statue of her to give to everyone who won? That was, yeah, that was very good, yes. What did, what did he actually yeah. say? Uh, did he say something nasty? Yeah, something about J.I. Yeah. Jane too. But yeah, she's got a condition where... Anyway, far out. Anyway. What's, what's the condition? What Alicia. What do they call it? Alopecia? Is that Alopecia. What Alopecia. Is that Alopecia. Alopecia. Yeah, you've got, yeah Griffo's America. got that. I've got that. <laughs> Yeah, you got that, Griffo. No one's slapping anyone on just, my behalf. And just to rub it in, they gave him a little <laughs> statue with a, of a bald man. Yeah, they um, gave him a statue. Well, well if he was exactly having like a goal, good to see. because of that, then I think he deserves what he gets. Yeah. Well, look, I reckon he would have got... Look, well, what's striking? Well, it's an open hand, so that's 10 in the bin. I don't know if he would have seen time. It was a fine. I so, thought he was playing last week, Will Smith. Will Smith, yeah, well, yeah, you see, he didn't get the Titans. He didn't get, he didn't I saw get him suspended. Play. Yeah, so he didn't get, he just got fine. No, no, he just got fine. Edwards can okay. tell you an open hand is only 10 in the bin, no suspension. Okay. What else is poor form? Uh, we Here talked we about it briefly before. Zach Lomax, he gets my gaff this week uh, for uh, jumping on. Um, the back of Tyson oh, sorry, you, Yeah, we. I missed the brief. I wasn't meant to talk about that. That's my bad. Yeah, no, that's all right. But just, 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 just to lead off what you were saying before. Um, look, yeah, I'm not going to talk about it too much. I just think it was dumb. Could have caused an injury. Doesn't need to happen. Um, bit immature. And I think rather than you know, some people, as you said, have called it grubby. I just, I'd, I'd put it okay. down to stupidity. Take, take South Sydney. Take if that was okay. Take if he played South Sydney. And if Zach Lomax jumped on on Latrell Mitchell, get it. Holy get it. And you know what? In some ways, as a South fan, I'd actually giggle. I'd actually have a bit of a giggle. He jumped on one of the nicest guys in rugby league. That, and one of the biggest guys. You know what? If you could throw a punch, he wouldn't have done it. Chippy little turds that don't get hit anymore, that back in the old school days, now I'm not advocating violence, I'm not saying we should go back to the old days, you know what, they would have gotten belted. And that's what makes me sometimes think that this whole no punching rule, whilst it's a great thing for rugby league, I think it's moved rugby league forward, where what hasn't moved forward is now the opposite where people can chirp up and nothing happens. I would love to see unsportsmanlike conduct five in the bin. Griffo, if Zach Lomax had gotten 10, for, 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 for some reason, I don't know what the referees could have found, Yeah, I think 10 would be too much. But if we had a five in the bin, would you think that's okay? Send a guy like that five in the bin, unsportsmanlike conduct? No, no trouble with 10 in the bin for that. Yeah, really? oh, yeah true. Yeah. Right. I know last year we saw Stephen Crichton do something very similar. And, and to be um, fair... Big Penrith fan here, you said you didn't like it. I didn't like know? it at all. No, and, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, if, if he's a Penrith fan that said I hated it. It's a rugby, it's a blight on rugby league, isn't it? Well, look, Crichton was pilloried for a few weeks. Like, even on it, when I did watch NRL 360 back then, they kept a couple of weeks after yeah, the incident, they, don't, they, they don't kept bringing it up. Like, yeah. it was, you know, it was done and dusted. Um, I've often There's said no Griffo, they're good at farming. They like digging up old crap. No, I just yeah, I've, yeah, I've actually stopped watching. Um, it's like smoking. But, it's a good thing to quit, Griffo. Yeah, you yeah. know it tastes bad, but you keep doing it because it's just a habit. That, that's where buzz I'm off, at man. at the moment. You don't enjoy buzz off. Yeah, no, Griffo. Sorry, we totally interrupted. No, 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 no
I um I I didn't see that game. I was I was on my way down the coast. I was sort of listening to pieces of it. Um, but I I missed the last well, I heard 20 all, and then mm. I got out of the car and was having something to eat. So I actually missed it, but I, I did see the highlights later. No place for it. I think Zach Lomax, he did appear on on um, with uh, Fletch and Hindy a few weeks ago, which was quite amusing, um, him and Blake Laurie. Um, so maybe Zach Lomax sort of thinks of himself as a bit of an entertainer. I'm not quite sure. But it didn't go down well with anyone. Um, certainly... Uh, it didn't go down well with with the Newcastle Knights, and, and rightly so. Um, apparently, he's been trying to, from what I've heard, in this, uh, he's tried to contact Frizzell, who's just basically brushed him. Um, apparently, time, apparently, he's actually blocked him. Apparently, yeah. he's blocked the number. Yeah. They would have played too. They would have played together at the Dragons. They were teammates. Yeah, yeah. quite teammates. a number of you years. You, 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 you. You belittled a guy. You belittled a guy who who was your warrior at that club when he when when Tyson Frizzell played at the, and and when I was watching it with a group of people and they thought made light of the situation. I, I it felt uneasy with me and I said, Nah. You gotta you gotta understand that that Frizzell was the warrior in that club. Who stood up for people like Lomax? Who made Lomax? Who made Lomax? Um, you know, who who basically protected him? And it was funny. Like, I think everyone that I've spoken to, and everyone watched it with, everyone was seen it with, has said, looking at it, it's the dumbest thing on earth. It's it's so. I hate this term. And I don't want to use it. You know, when people say things are un-Australian, I hate that term. I really do. <coughs> but you're sort of getting into the point where that's one of the things that, you know, if you're going to talk about it, that's what it is. I just think it's so unsportsmanlike to pick out someone. If that wasn't for Zell, it wouldn't have happened. He did it. It was calculated. And I think how many times did that guy as a Ford, aimed up for you, stuck his neck out for you, grabbed another player and, and, and you know, and, and, and put his neck on the line for you only to then be, to be repaid with that disrespect. I would have blocked him in a heartbeat. And, you know, I wouldn't want to talk to him for a while. Yeah, look, it's just, it's just, it's not any grubby. It's highly disrespectful knowing the history. Oh, it's hugely. It's wrong. It's disrespectful. Um, if, like, no. as we said, we, we had a slight chat before the, the the podcast about this one, and you know, I think when you said earlier that they were mates, and I said, well, you know, you two are my mates, but I wouldn't do that to you. No way. No I way. Would would do I that do that. That's disrespected. Hundred percent, mate. Like you don't treat anyone that way, but. Uh, that, that's just how I, I see things. I, I, and no, I agree. I I'm agree. a lot older than, than Zach Lomax. We all make mistakes. Mm. He's been a big one there, and and I'm sure he'll learn from it. But I hope, you know, in time, um, Tyson Brazil 
will pick up the phone and and um, and he'll realize, yep, it was yeah. it was garbage what he did, but um, yeah. Do you know I'm what sure I think, he learned from it? Do you know what I think sums it up? And what you're saying there <laughs> from learning from it? Do you think Zach Lomax would do this ever sort of thing again? No. No, definitely I, not. And and that that that's the best indication yeah. there that okay, I made a mistake. I stuff yeah. we've all done it. I mean, I've done things and I've gone, gee, like that was the silly. Why did I do that for? <laughs> At the time, I thought that was going to be fun. I thought I'd get yeah. a laugh, but took it too far. I think that's in that ballpark for Zach Lomax there. I think, um, yeah, yeah he'll learn I, from but, it. I, and but, I think uh, other players will it, learn from it too. And understand you know there's what? a time I and a place. This weekend, I think with Fletcher Hindy, have a laugh on the field. I think in this week, I think this weekend, yeah, and we talk about Fletch and Hindy, right? Hindy versus McInnes that night. What did Hindy do? He got simmed in. But he belted him for getting simmed in. He belted him. him. He let Mick in. He let him have it. Got on your skin. And he let him have it. That's what he said. At a time where you could do that. He's old school. That's the yeah, thing. and that's the thing. You can't that's, do that old school. Yeah. I think this is where a class. I think this is a perfect time for the NRL to say, unsportsmanlike conduct out for five. So just on, you know, we talked about Crichton. I have not seen Stephen Crichton do any of that shit again. Since, no, so. he wouldn't. No, because you know what, he learned his lesson. What, he knew he was but, in the wrong. But you know, also he's got the support <laughs> of a very successful, smart club around him that would have sat him down and gone. Never, ever do that. Do you, do you honestly think someone like Greg Alexander would have let him walk past him in the corridors only for Greg Alexander to say, you do that again, you're in all sorts, champ. And I think that's what, you know, we can talk about certain clubs that would do that. There are clubs that probably wouldn't. And I think this is where the NRL maybe need to just go, let's, let's not have you do it in the first place by putting out there a situation where you will not be on the ground if you do it again. And the Dragons, they don't want to be that club either. I don't think they would have been too happy with no. it. But um, look, I think this will be one of those things where I don't no, think we'll see anything like Griffin, this again. Griffin's that old school. He would have got the cane out. <laughs> <laughs> Griffin. Griffins aren't quite Dragons, aren't they? They're kind of different, aren't nah, they? Nah, they're a bit different. They've got wings and stuff, I think. Okay, righto. Got his ex- his contract extended that man. He did. We talked. That was a few weeks ago. Eh? He was. That yeah. was bizarre. That was. That was. I tell you what, mate. Griffins I, and dragons are both magic. I, then, I, I tell you what. You know what? Someone asked me during the week about Peter. Uh, <laughs> Peter Griffin. <laughs> Peter Garrett. <laughs> um, oh, asked me about Griffin, and said. You know, what do you think about him getting his contract extended? I said, it's akin to going to the casino for the very first time and putting $20 on double zero at the roulette and it winning. That's what that contract extension is like. Hmm. That is a miracle. Well, according to Wikipedia, Griffins are said to have superhuman strength. They've got the strength of a lion. They have enhanced sight. So maybe he can see something at the Dragons that we can't. Maybe foresight. And flight. So maybe that's what... A bit like a dragon, really. That That sounds like one. They sound like a dragon. Look, I think it's like a furry dragon. But anyway, look, maybe Lomax... Furry dragon. Maybe that's that's why he gets the gig. He's a furry (laughs) dragon. 
Oh, jeez. Maybe Lomax thought he could fly. <laughs> Maybe they were practicing it at yeah. training. You've got to stop with the furry jokes, mate. I'd love to see him go around, you know, have a couple of shandies with the boys and say they call me the furry dragon. Furry dragon. Yeah. Well, anyway, I don't know. They're dragging, they're dragging the train a bit. Um, but they got a win. And look, we've got plenty to talk Do about Do Knights here. slay Griffins? It's not this week. Definitely they dragon. slay dragons. Knights slay dragons. They didn't dragons. last week. The no, dragons. They were horrible. Yeah, no, yeah. The, no. the dragons didn't no. get slayed. Anyway, no. look. It could be worse. Puff one. It could be worse. You, you could be a bulldog. And that brings us to our, um, our next segment, guys. Um, oh. Basically, the gist of this um, is we're going to look at the ladder. We're going to look at where all the teams are at now. We'll start at Team 16, work our way up. As I said, each team's played six games. So, uh, that look, they've played... Um, a quarter of their games in the year. So we're starting to get a bit of a feel for how the teams are going to travel. Some teams are doing better than we thought, some not so much. So I thought I'd just <laughs> uh, start a bit of a discussion, boys. We'll go uh, through each of the teams and see what you guys think. What are we doing, um, pass-fail? Yeah, we could do a pass-fail comment. I mean, I've just thought, you know, just have a chat. You know, just whether, you know, we thought that's where they were going to be or whether they're... All right. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I think that's good. Below. that's good. Yeah. Are we starting at six, Are we starting at the bottom of the basement? We are. We are starting with um, the Canterbury Bulldogs. And as you mentioned before, Shane, they spent up big in the off-season. did um, not think they'd be here. I did not think they'd be here. Well, look, it, everyone's talking about the Tigers, and I know they got that win last week, but... I um, did not think they'd be here. The Bulldogs, with the Tigers winning... <laughs> They're now last. They're not only People losing. People had them in the eight. They're not only losing, Graham. They've actually, they're getting belted. Like, I did, and that's the thing. I, I don't think I thought they'd win. Like, like seriously, if they, were, if they were one win right now, but their for and against was respectable, like, you know, like it was, it was within two wee or zero, you go, oh, yeah, they've lost some tight ones. They're getting belted. They're getting so much in that against column that that it's just it's it's just. I didn't think they'd be here personally. I, I didn't think they'd be a miracle. I didn't think they'd be in the top eight. But I thought they'd probably be maybe one win better off, and they're for and against better off. Can I suggest something? And I'll throw to Griffo for your comment on the dogs. And I just want to ask your opinion. We've talked about the way the draws set up and teams having a, a tough draw. We know the dogs actually won in the first round against the Cowboys, but since then they've lost to the Broncos, Seagulls, Storm, Panthers, and Rabbitohs. Um, they've played out of those six games, um, four teams from last. Last year's top four, like yeah, and 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 obviously you know one of those games against the other Queensland teams they've won. I know they haven't been playing well. I'm not saying it's a draw, but it, I'm trying to help the Dogs fans out here. Has it had an impact? Uh, interesting you say that, Graham, because um, yeah, I, I didn't think of it in that way. Um, uh, I didn't expect the Bulldogs would have the same position that they had at the end of last year. Um, but when you, you know, we mentioned the teams that they've played, I don't think anyone would have expected them to, to beat any of the top four sides. 
And then they've gone uh, one win, one loss against teams lower down the ladder. Um, in saying that, I think that um, they're not going well. I don't, I don't think they're playing well. Um, again, they brought in a lot of players, spent a lot of money, and they're still in the same spot. Um, to be fair, I, I don't see them winning against too many teams. Um, uh, they're just, they're not going well. Um, yes, they've played the tough teams, uh, but I just think, uh, you know, they might get off the bottom of the ladder, but I can't see them getting out of the bottom two or three teams, really. I don't, I don't see that happening. Yeah, nah, I, don't know, I don't know who they're going to beat to to get out of the bottom three. You'd have to you'd have to suggest that they're <coughs> they're serious uh, wooden spoon contenders, and they're yeah. probably not. Someone someone asked me about the dogs um, today, and I said, I know it's one game, and you can't talk about flashing the pans, but looking at what Just Jackson Hastings brings to the Tigers being at number seven and considering Dewey, he won't be back for a long time. They looked a far better outfit than what the dogs do. Can I ask you guys this then? Let's just, I know we've already talked about one team. Let's, let's revise this while we're talking about the current team on the bottom. Are the dogs your favorites now for the wooden spoon, given what we've seen in the first six rounds? No. Can I watch, can I watch the Tigers play South next week? Okay, so that brings us to the Tigers. Now, even though the Tigers are in 15th, uh, they they have been the team that we've talked about as being the major disappointment of the first, say, four or five yeah. rounds. Uh, yeah. We know that if we did this uh, segment last week, they would have been coming last. They did get that win, albeit a one-point win. They've, they're another team that's... Um, you know, you're not expecting them to win. And yeah. most weeks when they play, you're tipping the other mob. Did we see enough last week of a spark to suggest that they're going to... I'm not I'm not saying they're going to beat South this week or beat those top four teams or the top eight teams, but do we see a bit yeah. more in them now that they could knock off teams like the Dragons, the Cowboys, and those ones that are in the scrap for the bottom half of the eight? The game I saw where I thought the Tigers were... No, the Tigers... Yeah, we, we put a lot of faith in the Titans. And when the Tigers played the Titans and the game was like 8-6, I think yeah, the final score. Yeah, round four. And, and, and when I looked at their defense, I went, I went, and I agreed the Titans didn't throw a lot. But I saw something in the Tigers then. I went, geez. And it was funny. My, my daughter, uh, she brought up a point. She said, she said, so who do you place? So who do you place? At a, at a worse spot, the Tigers or the or the or the or the or the dogs. And I said, I placed the dogs because I don't think the dogs would have gotten close to the Titans tonight. I think the Tigers, when they want to be there and when they chip away and when when everything's going all right and Luke Brooks is sort of running the show and things are things are working, they can play very good football. What I, what I dislike about the Tigers, and this is why I think Jackson Hastings is a far more important player than what people think, 
I think this whole five people in charge garbage that they've got at the moment. When you talk, when you hear the Tigers talk, when you hear the Tigers leadership team talk, it's all rubbish. It's 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 airy fairy, mate. I heard I heard James Tarmel speak the other day, and I went to my fridge and I got a, I got the butter and buddy hundreds and thousands and made fairy bread. It's fluff. But for the first time, I saw heard a guy talk realistically about the Tigers, and I thought, you know what? We might actually see something happening here where, okay, are they going to make the eight? No, they're not going to make the eight. But you know what? They may not be wooden spooners. They might just have enough nous in them and enough direction in them to to, to combat that. You you know what what didn't make my tidbits and probably should have is the fact that the dogs are lucky if they're going to fill the team this week. They've got a COVID situation down there where they've got, what, four players now diagnosed on top of injuries. Phil Gould is talking to the NRL tomorrow to get a special exemption to get an upgrade in players that won't kill them salary cap-wise. I'm telling you now, this could have ramifications for the dogs next couple of weeks. I just look at the Tigers and I saw, you know, okay, they they won a game by one point. But in the last three weeks, I've seen something in the Tigers that has impressed me more than the Dogs. That's a long-winded way of putting it. But I just think that Jackson Hastings has probably added something at halfback that we haven't seen in that side in a long time. And if he can keep doing that, they're not going to win a lot of games, but they won't finish last. Griffo, bottom three, Tigers, bottom three, yeah, yeah bottom three. Yeah. They are the bottom three team. But- I still, uh, I still think they're probably favourites to run last. But, but to, to be fair, what what difference does it make? Fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Well, uh, I know it makes a little bit of well, difference. You'd rather not be sixteenth, but you get a spoon, Griff. But yeah, when you've I, been down there for a number yeah. of years, it, it, it makes um, very little. Yeah. You make a fair point, yeah. It's like it's like someone said last week, last night. Well, what's Maguire? <coughs> Maguire saved his job for what? Maybe three weeks. Like, well, yeah, mate. He, he's smiling ear to no, ear. Um, he plays South Sydney next week, and if South Sydney <laughs> dish up what they did against the Dogs, okay, Marshall maybe. tries. That's an issue. If South Sydney go out there and do a number on the side, he's head back on it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, the, the thing we've got to put in perspective too, Parramatta, they completed about 65% of their sets. They were horrible. They, yeah. They were they, horrible. Yeah. And, like, plus they and, and they almost won. They kicked one out in the full and was it three? Yeah. They kicked three dead. Yeah. And not only are you talking... They... Rugby league people, young people listening to this podcast, or people that don't usually watch rugby league, I want you to listen to this right now. What completion rates don't tell you is that when you kick something out in the full or when you kick something dead, that compounds the problem. And that's what Parramatta did. They kicked one out in the full. I think they kicked three dead. They compounded yeah. the problem. So, Mind you, didn't the, the, the Tigers kick two out, two dead? Yeah, I think, I, think, I think the point we're sort of trying to get out there, fellas, is like even though the Tigers won... One they were given a leg up. 
They'll one hot day it doesn't make a summer yeah. and it wasn't even yeah. that hot. No. Um, I, 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 mind you, I think they're... Unless the, unless the Bulldogs forwards can start finding metres and find them quickly, I think they're... I think they're in, they might be in a frag better position because, you know... You can't, you know, Burton to Burton to Addo Car doesn't win you a game because that's all they got. The dogs. Mm-hmm. Well, look, another another team, Griffo. I'd be interested to get your thoughts that a lot of people were pushing as possible top eight uh, contenders. I think we all had them just outside the eight. Um, the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, I, I think. Given the the hype and especially the signings of um, you know Capewell. Reynolds, um, the talk of uh, you know Cobo coming through and becoming a, a, a superstar, and a big part of this team. Uh, it's not only the fans of the Dogs that I think will be disappointed, but overall, I think people are quite disappointed at the fact that they've only got two wins on the board. Um, who have they played, Grant? Yeah, I know they've played. Penrith, uh, they played the Rabbitohs. They, they have. South. They beat South. Uh, so the South. first round they beat yeah. South, then they beat the Bulldogs. Um, yeah. So they had two wins from two to start the season, and since then they've gone down to the Cowboys, Warriors, Roosters, and Panthers. Okay, so there's some teams there you'd, you'd want to be beaten if you're going to make you'd the You'd want to be beaten. Yeah, you'd, yeah. You'd, you'd, yeah. like Cowboys, Warriors... Right. Um, <laughs> But the, the Broncos have played some really good football. The problem has been that their really good football has not been for 80 minutes in a game. And I think that was exemplified uh, last uh, Friday night um, at Penrith, where you could put an argument forward that they, they were actually the better side for most of the first half. Mm. Yeah, they were um, right in that. They, yeah, they were really playing well. Almost um, feels though when the Simbin happened, um, they didn't oh, handle it as well as Penrith did. They were never going to. They were behind at that stage, but that's, that's but Penrith they, versus yeah, that Simbin I, was just the nail in the coffin. The, the problem was that <coughs> even though they really played well and put Penrith under pressure. And they look good in defence for most of the first half. Um, they they had a 6-0 lead, the Broncos, and it ended up 12-6 Penrith at halftime. Uh, and the Broncos, had, you know, Tony Staggs bombed a try uh, where he couldn't ground the ball, where it looked like you know, it, was, it was a certain try happening. Um, in saying that, Staggs was outstanding. He, he gave us... He's found his feet. The last two weeks, he's found his feet. He has been a better player. Um, at least he found his own pee. Yeah, yes, he he didn't uh, he didn't wash his toes, fortunately. Oh, well, that's Tago's toes. Um, but <clears throat> look, this is a team that that has potential, but doesn't have consistency. And when they started to lapse a little bit in the second half, Penrith absolutely ripped them apart. Yeah, um, I agree. and I, I don't think the scoreline reflected the closeness of the teams. But you know, if you're the Broncos, you at halftime, or you would have thought, yeah, we're right in this game. 
full time, you're shaking your head and think, what happened? What happened? Yeah, this happens oh, too regularly for this team. Griffo, I, I, yeah, I, I'm not saying they're a team that completes well. Oh, they complete no, in the 80s every do, week, but they do. But now the problem is, Graham, and, and you, I'm glad you said that because it brings me to my point. And um, look, I'm not saying this because I have an affiliation with Adam Reynolds. They are an Adam Reynolds, Adam Reynolds injury away from oblivion, in my opinion. There's been how many games have you seen where Adam Reynolds? will kick it'll find the corner they'll you know it'll come in field there'll be a tap and you know you talk about their completion rate that's great adam reynolds will kick it out five meters out from the try line and they'll concede 80 meters i they've i counted i've counted at least six or seven times where they've pinned it side down in their own in their own 10 and conceded 80 metres to have a team 10 out doing an attacking kick and getting a repeat set. You've conceded how many metres in six tackles? That's unacceptable. If you're going to have a guy that does to that effort, there was a, there's another example of where they, they got a repeat set and knocked on. So although they're at a, they're although, although they're at, this completion rate, which is really high, they do it at the most inopportune times. I agree with everything Griff says. My my biggest problem with this side is, is in defence, their tackle efficiency. Oh, I don't know if it's quite the tackle efficiency. It's horrible. They just can't. You know how you get post-contact metres? You know, as a player, you get the ball and you run. And, and a stat is post-contact metres. I'd love to know what their stat is for post-contact metres conceded. I've seen players run 10 metres over these over this pack. I think the biggest problem is, is they've got a guy, a halfback, who, who's steering them around the park, who's staying, you know, who's, who's allowing them to have a chance. But in the grand scheme of things, they just can't, they just can't cope in defence. I, I I I just I just look at them and go, if Adam Reynolds gets injured, I don't know if they can win a game. Like well, I, they're not winning. I know they with had. Him. Well, true. I know they had. Um, old mate. Oh Jesus! I forgot his name. Haas. No, no Haas. He's a he, oh, pain. Haas. Kelly. They missed him. Please, please. Um, halfback. Halfback played well. Game one was all right. Game two, anyway. Um, Albert Kelly. Kelly, sorry, yeah. Kelly. I was going to say Titans guy. Kelly. Um, you know, Titans on shoes. Yeah. And look what happened there. I think the club is a bit of a shambles. And what's <coughs> happening is, is that there's certain players who are playing to a standard. Okay, take. Oh, okay. I'm not going to. I'm not going to talk about Adam Reynolds too much because we know his history, but this guy came from one of the premier clubs in the competition. He's won a grand final and played in another where he lost. He's been one of the, one of the best players for the last 10 years. He goes to the, goes to the Broncos and he is one of their better players. He's, if not the best, he's able to transcend what he can do and do it onto the field. 
and you just look at the, the system as a whole and it just implodes. Like, I would love to know the stat on how many metres they concede because it just, it's bewildering. I'm telling you now, they are bottom three if they don't pull their socks up. Ooh. They should be a bit better than that. I don't know if they will be. If Adam Reynolds has an injury, far out. I don't know. I don't, I don't know where they go from there. Mm. Look, another team that's um, that's uh, only had two wins, and uh, you know we just talked about them briefly with the um, the Lomax situation. We've got the Dragons. They won their first game, and then they didn't get a win until uh, this past Sunday. So yet again, Griffo, we've got one of these teams here though in the Dragons where they were talked about by a lot of fans as a spoon contender. Then they had a good preseason. They won round one. Round two, they were very strong against the Panthers. And it's been pretty disappointing since then up until their win on Sunday. Yeah. They did start the season well. Um, and then they sort of went backwards and um, the coach chopped and changed a few players. Um, and I, I just, I think they're in about the position we expect them to be, or I expect them to be, which is in the the lower half of the... Yeah, bottom four. Of the ladder. Um, bottom four. I, to be honest, I, I think... You know, if they get out of the the bottom four, it'll just be to go into the, the next four above. I don't see them as a threat at all for the uh, the top eight. Um, again, this is an inconsistent team. They've got a really good player in Ben Hunt, who you know he's on the big money, but he, he's 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 value to this team. Um, I just don't think the guys around him are consistent enough. Um, and uh, for the life of me, I don't understand why Tyrell Sloan is not the fullback. Um, yeah. I, I, as I, <coughs> I didn't see this game last week. I've seen a, a few of the highlights. Um, and I did notice in the highlights that uh, the try, and I, they may have already been up 21 20. Uh, but um, that last try that they scored started from uh, uh, Tolly who made a break. Um, he's a guy who come off the bench. Who I, I don't understand why he's not in the sixth jersey. Um, he's a talented youngster, but I, I just don't think there's enough consistency around this team. It's bottom four most likely is where I see them finishing. Dragons bottom four, Shane probably about right. Uh, yeah, I look. I agree. I I, I had them as my spoon. Um, you know, at this stage in the game, I think probably they're playing okay. I agree with what you say about Hunt. Um, they're a bottom four side. I, I think. I think this is an opportunity for the three we've just spoken about if they want to. Make a make a lunge. They might be out of the bottom three, but geez, I, I don't rate them. The dragons. I just, I just can't find a silver lining in them. And yet, you know, when they won the other day, I thought, 
Yeah, you, you question yourself. Do you think that they won it or did the opposition lose it? You know, either way, they're worth two points. But True. when they hit when they hit a hard run, I, I can't see them winning a cracker. I agree with everything you said, Griff. Bottom four, yep. Quick yes or no while we're talking about the bottom four and before I move on. Um, yes or no, can any of these teams still make the top eight? No. Can they? Yes. Will, Will they? they? No. no. So no. based on your professional opinions, no. Um, we no. would be very surprised no, if any of these teams made the eight. No. We then no. move into the, the, the top no. half of the bottom eight. And these teams, I, I know it's early on in the season and, you know, there's still all a chance. We start to move into the, the grouping of teams that we we would expect to be in the um, in the positions ninth through 12, except for maybe one of those we'll get to soon. But um, the Canberra Raiders are the next team on my list. They're coming 12th at the moment. They, too, have only won two games. Um, this is another one of those teams, Griffo, that's had some success in the past started the season with a good win. Uh, they beat the Sharks, which in hindsight, we probably didn't realize. I mean, we knew the Sharks were going to be good, but it, in round one, we hadn't seen just what they'd come out with over the uh, the coming weeks. They also got a win in round three, two points over the Titans. But other than that, um, has, uh, has not been great for the Raiders. Um, interesting to see, too, the way the draw works out. They've actually been beaten by the Cowboys twice this year. But... Uh, yeah, the Raiders are one of those teams where I think uh, a lot of punters probably would have had them in the the the, the bottom eight, but in the, the top half of that grouping of teams. Yeah, they've been disappointing. Um, it's not that they've been going down to just the high-quality teams. I mean, you mentioned they've lost to the Cowboys twice. Uh, that's not a good start. Really, um, because while the Cowboys are in the top eight at the moment, um, I don't know if they're going to stay there. But uh, I think Raiders fans would be asking the question: Is too much of Ricky too much? Um, he's been there a long time. It's been a mixed level of uh, success, and they had that outstanding year where they uh, made the grand final and they. Maybe went within a six again call of of winning it, um, and then the next year they made the prelim where they were just smashed by the storm, but they still made the prelim. So they had a couple of good years there, but um, they've still got a strong squad, they've, uh, but they're just not performing. And uh, for mine, and, and you know, it's obviously. From the outside looking in, I just think maybe maybe it's time for a, a new coach to step in because um, Ricky's mm. been there a while and, and they're going backwards. And I think other clubs in that position, what they've dished up this year, I think uh, they'd be copying a bit more. Uh, the There'd be question marks, wouldn't they? Yeah. So Ricky is is a friend to yeah. some of the interesting some of the media guys who um, yep yeah know, maybe get on the back yeah. of of some of the other coaches. But I'll tell you what, his team's not going much better than some of these uh, other teams. Yeah, no. 
and coaches are copying plenty of scrutiny. You know, I don't yeah. think he's received enough scrutiny, to be honest. Well, I think it was after the uh, Manly game, we, we sort of said as a podcast, you know, like they looked a bit of a shambles and they have done for a little while. At what point do we say, you know, this side has not, has not progressed. It's significantly regressed. Um, we have Nickel Clockstud now on the bench. Uh, Rapana will be the fullback this week. Um, that's what the team sheet says. We bought up, maybe it was their what, round two loss that we bought up the fact that they've lost a lot and we did that at the start of the year. If there's one thing that the Raiders haven't handled well, it's it's very good personnel at their side that seems to <clears> want to <throat> just leave in a heartbeat. Um, and we could see it again with 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 Nickel Clockstud. I, I I just think that look when when they were in the grand final um, against the Roosters and everyone was firing and they had Bateman. They had they had some of the best forwards in the game. Whiten was the best player in the game. You know, it was a different kettle of fish. All those players have left, not because their contracts came to an end, not because not because they went. It was because they left Canberra. This was a club that people would pay unders to come to, many 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 years ago. A long time ago, yes. That is the issue with Canberra at the moment. Why is it when they get a decent player, he plays for two years and leaves in seemingly outrageous circumstances? The turnover of this club dictates why they're here. You can't turn over personnel and build a team. Uh, build a team for success. I was talking to um, a Penrith fan a couple of weeks ago and they they, rem- they they said, do you remember the spray you gave Penrith when they lost to, to, to the Tigers? And I said, remember it. I know exactly where I was. I was just outside of the scenic railway back when we used to drive. And then I said, I remember <laughs> I was exactly out there. I remember I was at too. the scenic railway. I, I knew exactly where I was. And I said, you know, I said, you know what was said shortly after? I said, you know what we sort of said after that? And he goes, no. I said, it's funny. We actually finished the podcast. And and he said, oh, you gave, Graham and I were talking about giving Penrith a spray. And I said, the difference is Penrith, Penrith have the, Penrith have the, the managerial skills, the personnel and the people to get better. The question is, do the Tigers? This is where the, and they did. Penrith have been in, since then, Penrith have been in what? One grand, two grand finals and one one. This is what the Raiders are at. The Raiders are at the bottom of the barrel at the moment for them. And I just can't see them fighting their way out of it. I, I actually think they've got a people management problem. They've lost so many good players when they shouldn't have. This has come under, I agree with you, Griff, under no scrutiny. It's come under no scrutiny. It's come under 
no issue. It's almost like, well, they don't want to play for us. They want to leave, let them leave. I'm sorry, this is a business. If I was running a business and the best people in my business wanted to leave, then we need to have it. We need to have an investigation. That we need to really sort out what's going on. And no one has held Ricky accountable at this point in time. I think as people management skills go, and we brought this up round one this year, people management skills go, there's an issue. We brought it up here first and it's now becoming to fruition. There is a people management issue there that's not that's going to cause the Raiders to miss the eight. Yeah, well, you talked about signing players and making sure you get those players on board long term. That's uh, something that you mentioned earlier that the next team we're going to talk about uh, is keen to do, and they've done. Kalen Ponga will stay at the Knights long term, five years, uh, big part of that club, and uh, they're another team. And I find that we. We've got these teams here where they they put a couple of good weeks together and then it all uh, it, it all falls to bits for them. Um, the the Newcastle Knights when they beat the Roosters in round one they were the talk of the town. They backed that up against the Tigers, um, who we know have not had a great season. But since then um, they haven't been able to get a win. Losses to the Panthers, Sharks, Seagulls, and then the Dragons this past week. For Newcastle, um, so the Seagulls they lost thirty to six. Thirty to six, and they just, should have got beaten by fifty that night. And just to just to lead in, Griffo, it's not going to look good for them over the next couple of weeks. They've got Parramatta this week in the Storm um, upcoming. Given the hot start they had in round one against the Roosters, um, a lot of people have been disappointed in the Knights. But holistically looking at it. Um, being two from six, is that about where you had them, say, pre-season? Yeah, probably is, Graham. Um, I, I didn't see him making the eight, um, but I also probably didn't see him in the bottom four. But I, I thought they were going to have a lean year based on the fact that they lost Mitchell Pearce and, um, to, to, you know, who's gone to the Catalan Dragons. And they lost... Um, Jaden Braley. Is it Jaden that plays for them? I think it is. Yes. Yeah. The other one's a bit harder to say, Blake Braley. If you try and say that five times, you but yeah. Um but Braley. Yeah. I think <laughs> calendar's just excited, it doesn't have an S. Yeah. I think it was the year before <laughs> last where they you know, Braley had a basically a, a season injury and and they struggled without him and um, yeah, just uh, they did start they're quite promising in the first few games. Uh, I think they won their first two and they were up, yeah, uh, up the top of the ladder, um, taking on the Panthers. But yeah, so yeah, a top, yeah. top of the table game, and then of course, they, they were they were going really well. Um, at that stage, the Panthers still didn't have Cleary, but then Mitch Barnett had a mm. massive brain stump and uh got himself sent off and, and they lost that game. And, and I think they were every chance of winning if he had, had not have done that. So <coughs> they haven't won since. Um, I think it's four in a row they've lost. So they're struggling. Um, they got Para this week, as you said. Uh, Para will, I think, come out firing. And, um, uh, I don't see it 
the Knights getting into the top eight. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I just, I just don't see it happening. Um, again, they're one of these teams that are a little bit inconsistent. Um, if you're a top eight side, I think you win it against the Dragons. You know, um, and then they couldn't do it. So uh, I, I can't see the Knights getting above. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the ladder on the NRL site, and there's a green line there um, after team number eight, and I, I can't see the Knights getting above the green line. Um, I do see them in the uh, top half of the bottom eight. Uh, I don't think they'll be bottom four, but uh, I just think it's going to be another lean year for the Knights. Yeah. 9 to 12 team, Shane. <coughs> That's right. Yep. They are the milk arrow route of football <laughs> teams. Not even butter could jazz these more guys up. I don't they know, mate. You probably boring. find an arrow route and everyone's oh, covered around Australia. Far. They are boring. Like They're no niece or, or they're nowhere near a Tim Tam. Um, they, they, for guys as electric at the fullback, yeah, I... I agree with Griff. I think his summation is actually. I think Griff's summation is actually um, very on point. Where we talked about, you know, Mitchell Pierce, lack of Pierce. It's a, a bit of a rebuilding. Even the guys as electric as as Ponger at the back, you really need. You know, I, I suppose the disappointment for me is, I actually thought last year their four pack actually was very good and it was their backs that struggled which made me think that maybe if their forward pack could do what they did you know a bit of electricity there i i can't see it i i i agree with griff draw a line in the top eight they're at the bottom half yeah they're yeah. in the bottom they're not in the eight whatsoever milk <laughs> arrow route they're boring they're boring <laughs> football team at the moment they're so boring they need a you need a cup of tea to dunk them in or a or a or a oh, just it up the soft ground. You know, like they're like you know. That's the only thing you, know, you can like, do. Like, oh, you need to oh, dunk them. Oh, you know. They need to dunk them. You get a wheat and there's nobody Vegemite in the cupboard. <laughs> Boring. They need to get the uh, Duncan biscuit on, uh, on board. They need Duncan biscuit on board. Look, a team that a lot of people were talking about making the eight, uh, and. A lot of promise, a lot of talk about the Gold Coast Titans in the preseason. I think all of us had them in the top eight. Uh, To put it in perspective, Griffo, they've got two wins. So they've won just as many games as the Knights, Raiders, Dragons, and Broncos. Uh, Sitting in 10th at the moment, I I feel as though I'm a bit disappointed to see the fact that they've only won two games. I, I actually thought they'd be a lot stronger this year, and I thought they'd be... Uh, in the top eight, but I'm um, I'm not too I'm not too confident that they're going to get there. Yeah, I, I think they've um, the disappointing thing for the Titans is they've lost some games against teams that I would have expected them to beat. Um, they have played against Para twice, and um, you know I don't really expect them to beat Parramatta, but. Um, they, they, they've been in games. They've they've scored lots of points, and they've still gone down in, in in games, scoring a lot of points. But the other team scored more. 
they're an inconsistent side. And I mentioned it a few weeks ago. I think mentally they're not very tough. A lot of that is is down to the inexperience of uh, of their halves. Um, the Sex Bomb played a handful of games last year, and he was anointed as the as the number seven. And we saw J- um, Jamal Fogarty leave the club. Um, I thought that was you know fair enough um, <coughs> because he did show a lot of promise. The Sex Bomb. I think this year it's probably finding it a little bit difficult. Um, AJ Brimson is a quality player. We've seen him over a few years and we've seen him play at a state of origin level and do very well. But he was playing fullback um, in those years. So he's readjusting to being in the halves. He did play a lot of that as a junior but certainly that's a far cry from the NRL level. Um, they've got Sarko playing at number one at the moment. Come from the Broncos. He is he deals in rocks or diamonds, as we know. And um, there's been a few too many rocks, unfortunately. Um, so they've certainly missed um, young Campbell, Jaden Campbell. Um They've got, they've got a lot of talent there, but it's just not quite gelling. And it's not more important than not just gelling for 80 minutes. It's just they're not getting the, the two points most weeks. Now, they did make the eight last year with just eight wins. And I think, uh, well, maybe, no, sorry, I apologize. 10 wins and 14 losses. Um, and they were lucky enough to, to scramble into the eighth. I still think they might get the eighth spot. I think there are seven teams that you can lock in to the top eight, and there's only one spot up for grabs. I think they're as good a chance as any other teams there. Um, and I think we might see again that uh, the top seven teams, and I'm including the Rabbitohs in that, they will start to go even further ahead. Um, you know, after two or three rounds, we were all talking about, and the media was talking about how it's a much more even competition than it was last year. But within the space of, you know, a couple of games, the cream's rising to the top, and whatever's not the cream is is just descending to the bottom. Sinking. Um, yeah, sinking. Yes, um, there's a there's a few few teams that have got that sink. Um, the, pl- the plumbers rule. The, the what runs downhill. downhill. Josie, we might have to. The, the sinky sink runs downhill. To tell us which but, team uh, makes the eighth spot, but yeah. I, I don't rule out the Titans. I think, no. in terms of the quality of their personnel, um, it's there. But as I said, they've got to start winning more games. And I think uh, got after this points. week, they've got a bit of a horror run um, yeah. with playing some of the top sides. So uh, if they don't win this game this week, uh, it might be uh, good night, Titans. Yeah, I agree the with the you, thing Griff, is, I as I was going to say, Shane, just, just, just to mm-hmm. keep in your analysis, just to, to build on that point Griffo before about them scoring points, they have scored over 20 points in four out of their six games. Yep. And last week, oh. they scored 18. 
So if you yeah, if you make the cut off, they can yeah they can they can score some points. It's just they can't they can't stop them. They can't let them out. And <coughs> I agree with you about Jermaine Osaka. <laughs> My daughter and I we like watching Outback Opal Hunters, and you know when they find an opal, we're always cheering. No good on them. When they find a rock, we said, "Oh, where they found an Osaka." It's <laughs> <laughs> like that's where he's at. You're saying like they can score a try, but they knock on within their own 20. They gift the opposition ball. This is what good sides don't do. And this, and you know what? I, I agree with you, Griff. I think the cream is rising to the surface. And even with certain clubs where we look at them and go, you know what? They're not where they should be. They, they're not playing the type of football we think they should be playing. It just appears like they've got the potential to do so. I, I look at the Titans and I just go, I still think bottom eight, yeah. I think they can make the bottom of the top eight. Um, I, I really do think that they can score points. They've got to stop leaking them. They've got to stop making simple errors in their own 20 and 30 metre line, gifting the opposition an opportunity to score a try. They're, they're a side, you know, like... The amount of times they've dropped the ball or they've knocked off, the amount of times they haven't completed a set after points, that's the problem. They can score them. They just can't relinquish. They just can't, you know, they just can't put a good set of six together mm. at times that when it's needed. And, and it's their mental steal. It's that, and, and, and I'm sorry, I, I'll say it just because last time I said it last year, it helped him. We were watching the game last week and we were just, we didn't even know if Fafita was on the field. But we were like, oh, is he there? Is he not there? Like, what's going on? Like, they've got to get this guy early ball. They've got to get him outside of the ruck. They've got to get too, too wide, bang, bang, gone. I don't know if they know how to use him. That's my other problem. But yeah, I agree with Griff. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and as we said last week, you know, uh, he is a bloke that can that can pull out a Griffo's grab every now and then, and he could very well be the uh, the player who yes. has the most uh, most grabs in carpool history. One team who um, I think a lot of people uh, are surprised that they have won as many games as they had. I know they've they've got a fifty percent record, but um, out of those teams in the uh, bottom half of the eight, they are the highest ranked team and that's the New Zealand Warriors um they've won three and lost three uh throughout the the season they've had wins over the Tigers Broncos and Cowboys um they're they're a bit of a funny one Griffo they're another team where you just don't know who's going to show up each week and they're for me the tipsters nightmare I just I just don't know whether they're going to show up or not yeah look the Warriors um they're one of these teams that are chance of, of taking eighth spot. Um, they've got three wins, but they've they've had a they haven't had the toughest of draws. Um, I didn't see the game against the Roosters, but I was listening to a fair bit of it on the radio uh, as I was driving down the coast, and it seemed they acquitted themselves very well. But they didn't get the job done. Um, 
again, this it's it's an inconsistent team. Um, they're a chance. Again, I, I don't see them winning more games than they lose, but I do see that team number eight, whoever they are, are probably going to have less than 50% wins. Um, what those teams have got to really try and do is, is beat the teams that are vying for that last place in the eight. Uh, the Warriors are capable of it. I just, uh, I just can't back them to be the team that takes that spot. Too many inconsistencies. Um, they've got, yeah, they've got good players uh, led by Adam Fenua Blake. Um, they've got the talent of Sean Johnson, Reese Walsh. Uh, they've got a good forward pack in general, actually. So, you know, they're, they're a chance. <coughs> a chance of taking eighth spot. Um, but I can't see them going any higher than that. And I do think there'll be, uh, there might be a bit of cannon fodder once, uh, if, if they were to take eighth spot, there'll be uh, straight out the back door. In all fairness, Shano, the Warriors have been in every game they've played this year. I mean, obviously yeah. they haven't got the job done in all the games, yeah. but even the ones where they lost, um, you know, they were right in that game with, with the Roosters the other day. Um, the game that went down to the Titans and then the Dragons won uh, back in round one and two. Uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts on the Warriors? Are you are you keen to, to say that they, they could snag that eighth spot? Um, you know, Graham, I, 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 I agree with Griff. Everything Griff has said, I cannot, um, I, I sort of can't say anything against what he said. I agree with everything. The big thing I want to add to what Griffo said, Griffo talked about winning and winning the games you should win. Not only should you win the games you should win, but you, the games you lose, you mitigate the loss by trying to stop and not lose by a lot. The big thing I've got for the Warriors at the moment, and you know I love a good for and against, they are ninth on minus three. South are eight on plus 22. That's the problem with the Warriors. They can win a game, but geez, they can lose one. And when they lose one, they can lose a big. I I think that's the problem. Yes, you got to win games to get that two points, but far out, they got to start. They got to start being in the game for eighty minutes. It's almost as if sixty-five minutes into the game, the Warriors know whether they want to win or lose. If they want to win, they go and play. If they want to lose, they just capitulate. That's the difference. And and I, look, I know, I know that I've, I've said that plus twenty-two. I know that there's. Um, you know, I, I understand that everyone the eight at the moment has a positive for and against. But that's a big gap. Like if there was one round to go and you had to make that up, you're really relying on the other side getting belted and you winning. The Warriors have to understand that winning is half the battle. You have to be in every game. And at the moment, they're not doing that. They have the potential to make the eight, but geez, they've got to start. Their defensive attitude needs a massive kick in the pants if they're going to do that. Yeah. 
And, and you mentioned the team that's uh, that's above them uh, as we enter the top eight. That is South Sydney. They've um, they've just entered into the the, the top eight after a, a bit of a, a tough start. They lost their first two games against the Broncos and Storm. Uh, bounced back against the Roosters. Lost against the Panthers and have won their last two against our competition that they were expected to beat in the Dragons and Bulldogs. Uh, Griffo, I think we've talked about this and there's probably not a lot to go into, but over the past couple of weeks we have talked about the fact that South have played the Roosters, Panthers, Storm. Like they've, they've played some of the top teams and now the, the, uh, the ladder's sorting themselves out and we expect them to make the top eight. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, they, uh, they did play a number of the, the tough sides and, and we talked about it before the year started that they they had quite a difficult draw. Um, that difficulty was compounded by the injury to Luttrell. Um, the reality is they can beat both sides without Luttrell there. And as they're moving into a phase of the draw where they're playing the lesser lights, we will continue to see the Rabbitohs move up the ladder. Um, I don't know that they're going to make the top four. They may, uh, if Cody Walker can click into gear. Um, but uh, I've no doubt they're going to be top eight. Um, and I've no doubt that if they're five or six and they come up against the Warriors or a Titans or a Cowboys, um, that they will dispose of them. Um, they're a class team with class players. And, uh, yeah, they, they started slowly, but they did have that tough draw. So um, I don't see them dropping games against lesser lights. Given, look, they've, we know they've won half their game, Shane, but just, just in yeah. being realistic, you're a South fan, we know that. Where are they? <laughs> how, like, how are they going? Look, As I say, are you happy with uh, how yeah. they're going? Like, you look at the game on the okay. weekend, is that what you'd expect? Yeah. Are they where they need to be? Uh, look, I, I, I think when they lost to the, the... I think when they lost to the um, Broncos, that was probably the point at which I think the coaching staff probably thought they had... You know, they, they had the formula and they, they realised it didn't work. Very quickly, they needed to change things. I, I look. I think the guy in the last three weeks that has really stepped up is Damien Cook. Um, we on this show said he's the guy that needs to step up. Uh, Hat trick last week. Uh, a very good game the week before. Running out of dummy half, really exposing yep. that. Taking the pressure defensively as well off uh, Cameron Murray. I think. I think. I think Demetrio is starting to get what he wanted. We we said as fans, when Taff gets back, we've got a far better attacking and defensive prospect. Probably didn't think that Latrell would be out. Um, I, I, I Josh Mansour there is it, it bewilders me. I'd just run around him. He's as slow as anything. But anyway, um, I, I think reasonably that, slow. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think that probably has enough cover to be exposed. Interestingly, when you look at their forward pack this week, I think this is a succession plan. I think he realises that it's South Sydney need to 
look at their handling errors and he's making changes accordingly. I, I actually think that Cody Walker is in a bit of a form slump and Lachlan Ilias, you know, Milford going to the Newcastle Knights, it, 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 it you know, it, it, it lit the short and curlies under a ball sack of a few South play, a South fans who thought that we should have that we should have had him. I'm telling you now, Lachlan Ilias has not only held his own; he's actually he's played phenomenal. some exceptional football. He's not the half and that people need to worry about. He's not the half that people need to worry <laughs> about. And and I I just look at it and I go, look, um, funny our uncle sort of messages and said, uh, do we have to worry about a COVID situation? Um, from what I've heard, everyone at South Sydney has tested negative. So uh, it's one to whatever at this point in time for next week. But I think with South Sydney moving forward, I think they're going to get a lot out of this Latrell Mitchell situation where he's injured. I, I got a gut feeling when he comes back, he might be playing in the centres. I think Mansell won't be playing in the centres. Uh, Tane Mill might be playing on the wing. Uh, young Spud last week had a Same great Tass. Tass. We we spoke about him a few weeks ago um, as someone who has lit it up before. Um, I, I think that I think that the future is looking bright there. I think that I think that South this year are a work in progress. Works in progress don't generally vie for the premiership. They do make the eight if they have the right establishment around them. I think Demetrio is a very good coach. I think he's the right coach. I think, I think the proof is in the fact that he could have dug his heels in and stayed with the team he picked for round one. He didn't. He evolved. He moved with the times. He saw what was going on. That's what good coaches do. I think they're going to make the eight. I don't think they'll make the top four. I think they will make the eight. I think there's going to be a few hiccups along the way. Uh, but on the, in the grand scheme of things, I think what you're going to find is a side that has the nucleus of success there. It's just, it's just about what they can do. I think Alex Johnson on one wing is, is fine. It's sold. It's what's the other wing going to happen. And who they're going to put into that? Um, look, I, 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 you know, I'm a South Sydney fan. I, I, I think that they're. I think the biggest problem with South Sydney, if you want to know, I thought they. I thought they. I thought the the loss in round one was the biggest wake up call for them. It didn't get us two points, but I really felt it probably gave us the feedback that we needed to then. Do what we did. I think Penrith playing Penrith showed where South Sydney's at. They're well behind the top four, um, but when they beat the Roosters, the last two weeks they've played minnows. They've got another one this week. This is where you've got to consolidate points. I think they're going to still be a top eight side but I can't see them getting in the top four. No, yeah, and, and I think a lot of people will agree um, before we move on to the Cowboys, just the last point. I think a lot of people will agree that the 
the catalyst for them becoming a top four side again would be the form of Cody Walker. It's been the main talking yeah. point. And uh, until he's back into that um, that scintillating form that we've seen over the past couple of years, I think people are just going to be a little... Um, they're uh, just going to hold off on South a bit, I think. Kid to watch out for, Mo'Ali. He, he, oh, David Mo'Ali, yeah. Yeah, David Mo'Ali. Yeah. He... he um, he is on the cusp of re-signing a three-year deal. Mm. Um, very close. Um, South Sydney said it's actually one of their main priorities. He, I, I got a gut feeling he'll be in the top, top seventeen by the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, once they can fix up their, yeah, once they can fix up their frigging winger problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean. You say you know top seventeen by the end of the uh, the end of the year, mate. He'll be in the top seventeen by the end of the week. Um, yeah, <laughs> North Queensland Cowboys. Probably S- surprise packet of the year, I think. Griffo, no one really expected them to be uh, a team well entrenched in the top eight. They're coming seventh at the moment. We still talk about them week in week out on the podcast as a team that we feel like will drop out. But credit where credit's due, um, they have. Uh, started the season a lot better than many people gave him credit for, and I think both of us had him for the spoon. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely credit where credit's due. Uh, it surprised <clears throat> me. As you said, I, I certainly had him um, penned in for the spoon. But uh, they're playing a, a decent brand of, of rugby league. Um, and... They're getting some good value out of their, their young forwards, guys like uh, Jeremiah Nanai and, and the Bloon, who we saw last year. Uh, we love the Bloon. Um, a bit disappointed we haven't seen uh, his plastic friend, the, the big condom. condom. <laughs> um, but I'm sure at some stage uh, they'll need a bit of protection uh, later in the year. Um, at the moment, well, they've been in the top eight for a few weeks. Um to go down to Canberra and uh, come back from a, a 12-0 deficit at halftime and go on and win the game is, is a great credit to the Cowboys. Um, they've, they've played in a few games where they uh, were, were within a whisker of victory as well. So The Warriors actually, game the week before. Yeah, and also the, uh, it was the Bulldogs. Um, oh, yeah, round one. Hammer. The infamous... Uh... Worst game in yeah, history. They, well, I tell you what. <laughs> oh, it was at the time, they actually. Were yeah. <laughs> they were usurped by the Warriors and the Tigers, and they were usurped by the Titans and the Tigers. Um, but uh, yeah, the Cowboys' credit, uh, they've actually won some games that we didn't expect them to win. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, uh, they're in a, a good position. I don't know if they can maintain it, but they're as good a chance as any to grab that eighth spot. Um, but yeah, a quarter way through the season, they've exceeded my expectations. I did not see them above the green line uh, in any way, but uh, congratulations, Cowboys. Challenge is to stay there. Um, it's a massive game this week against the Titans because uh, I don't see a competition where both the sides 
the Titans and the Cowboys are going to make the eight, but I think one of them may. And uh, when you come up against a team that really is is one of your main opponents for, for, for eighth spot, as I see it, this is a must win. Um, so if they can dispose of the Titans, that really puts in a good, uh, good early season position. I agree with you, Griff. I can't add much more other than to say <laughs> they've put credits in the bank, haven't they? They've put a lot of credits in the bank where we thought they wouldn't have by now. Um, every time you grab two points, that's two less you have to look for. Um, I just think when they hit a tough run, you know, a lot of teams like this, and I, I, I sort of talk about the, 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 the Dragons in previous years where, you know, they've played teams that, and they've beaten them and they've gotten in the eight and everyone's talking about them. They hit a tough run of teams where they don't win eight, six to eight in a row. And they spit out the other end of that and they're just, they're just demoralized. Mm. That's where we have to look at with you, that team. You make a good point. You make a good point there, Shana, because round four, when they came up against the Roosters, they lost 28 to four. Like, yeah. And, 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 you know, we know they've played the Raiders twice, Bulldogs, Broncos were in there. I think when they come up to that run later on in the season, I think around 11, they play the Storm. Round 12, they play Penrith. I'm looking through. They don't have a bad draw. I mean, they finished. No, they've got, they were one tough, of the ones that were named with a good draw. Not bad. So, yeah. you know, if they snag half of those games, they could sneak into the eight. That seemed like something that may not have been possible, um, you know, six weeks ago, but now definitely I, is. I agree with Griff, though. It's 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 probably at this point the, the Cowboys or the Titans. And yeah. They're, when you look at the top eight now, um, the, the Cowboys are the team that you would not expect to stay there. You'd almost say the other seven will definitely make the eight um, this early on. I think I think most of us feel that way. We've been talking about that for a few weeks. And another team that um, we often talk about as slow starters are the Manly Seagulls. We know they went down in their first two games. They did play Penrith and the Roosters, who are serious contenders. They, well... One point win over the Bulldogs. I was going to say they limped home, but they really sort of, uh, you know, uh, came home late with that field goal there to beat the Bulldogs. Since then, uh, they've had some good wins against the Raiders, Seagulls, and probably the the um, the game against the Titans last week was another good sign. But the big test this week will be against the Sharks for them. Um, the Manly Seagulls, Griffo, I suppose the way I'd sum them up. Slow starters, but they're a team that um, have the potential to be a top four side this year, and I'd 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 still think they're 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 a shot at doing that. Yeah, for sure, Graham. Um, yes, they did have that poor start where they were not just beaten by the the Panthers and the Roosters; they were comprehensively uh, flogged, pretty much. Um, since that time, four wins in a row uh, against, you know, lesser lights, but they specialize in, uh, in winning those games. And even more to the point, they've won the last few games without Turbo. And that's, yeah, that's a big, that's a big factor. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, their, their win-loss ratio without Tommy Turbo has been... Uh, 
but it's improving because uh, they're starting to win games without him. They're finding different ways of winning games. And uh, I, I don't see anything other than the Sea Eagles winning most of their games this year. Uh, and I think uh, there are every chance of being a top four side when you bring uh, a player of the quality of Tommy Turbo into the team. Um, they made the top four last year, and I expect uh, they'll get up there again. Um, if they don't make the top four, they're going to be uh, pretty much uh, right outside it. And I think we'll see them win their first semi-final game against team number seven or eight. Challenge for this Seagulls team is to beat the best sides, to, to be able to beat a Panthers, a Storm, uh, an Eels, a Roosters. Um, and this week, of course, a massive, massive game against a team that currently is in the top four in the form of the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. Um, so it's uh, it's the game of the round Thursday night. And um, we'll talk about that one later. But I, I only see uh, the Sea Eagles at worst. At worst, I see them sixth where they are at the moment. But I, I think they've got the ability, um, particularly when Turbo comes back, to force their way into the top four. Shane Yep. Uh, <coughs> I, I fully agree. I think they're going to be there. The guy who I'm impressed with, and I've got a big shout out to and Manly Wise, is Kieran Foran. He's playing this eyes up football. Uh, he scored a try on the weekend and, uh, and it was vintage stuff. It was almost like when he played for the, um, for the Seagulls way back when. It was this eyes-up football. He saw what was in front of him. He did two things on the weekend, actually. He set up a try and scored one. He set up a try by eyes-up running, passing, and he ran straight to the line, like very late. And then he ran to the line dummy that went through and scored. That's, I see, you know, when you talk about turbo missing, I think he has been the guy that's really stood up. And I think that, if, if we were to sit here and go, okay, who's the guy that's going to stand up in his absence? I doubt any of us. I, I, look, I'll put my hand up and say Kieran Foran was not on my radar. Kieran Foran has actually been playing some very, very good football, some exceptional half football. And I think that um, that needs to be applauded. And I think that's where they're in the position he's in. You have that form all the way through the year. Jeez, it makes them a dangerous side in that top four. Yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely one to watch out for. And they're, they're one of those teams, they're a strong team that when they're in their, their best form, they can beat anyone on their day. And another team that, uh, you know, the, the tipsters would be very, very confident in tipping most weeks, that's the Sydney Roosters. They're, they're currently sitting in fifth position. Now, meaningly, Griffo, we, we, we all had them as our... Um, I think all of us had them as our minor premiers. Is that correct, fellas? Just remember I did. back. Yeah, sure I, I, did. Yeah. I had them. Um, look, they have lost two games. I know it's nothing to be majorly concerned about if you're the Roosters. Uh, one of those games, as we mentioned before, was against um, South Sydney. And the other one was a real surprise right at the start of the year against the, um, the Newcastle Knights. 
They're a strong team, Griffo. We're expecting them to be a top four side and a premiership contender. How have you felt about the way that the Roosters are actually travelling, you know, taking out of it, you know, the results and, and whatnot, as a team and how they're playing, uh, are they are they travelling as you'd expect? No, I don't think they're going as well as what I expected. But in saying that, they're four wins, two losses. Oh, they went down very surprisingly to me in the first game against the Knights. Um in uh, in my tipping, uh, I'd, I'd gone all in on the roosters and everything, and it didn't come up chumps. Um, and then they were beaten uh, by the Rabbitohs as well. Um, the Rabbitohs have had the wood over the roosters for a couple of years now, um, but then they've won all their other games. Uh, highlighted by a big win over the Sea Eagles. Um, and they've, uh, they've beaten the lesser lights, not necessarily convincingly. The thing about the Roosters is this is not something we haven't seen before. Um, they don't tend to be a team that comes out of the blocks very well at the start of the year. They build through the year and they want to be in tip-top uh, form come the finals. So um, they're well-placed at number five. They'll want to get up into the top four. Um, They couldn't get there last year. They had a massive injury toll, and they still came fifth. Um, So they're going to certainly, with with the roster they've got, they should be better than fifth. Um, but uh, they're not going to be phased at all by the fact that they're on eight points after six games. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty confident we see the Roosters uh, at very worst um, finish where they are, but I, I think they can uh, break into the top four. But it's got to be tough because there's some good sides currently in the top four. Mm. So, um, you know, for the Roosters or the Seagulls to get in there, for those two teams to get in, and I, I sort of certainly had them in there at the start of the year, two teams have to drop out. Mm-hmm. Uh, in saying that, it's a, it's, it's a massive game, Seagulls v Sharks Thursday night. Um, so they can, uh, you know, they might actually find themselves in the top four if they can get a victory over the... Uh, Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, that's the Seagulls. Not that we're talking about the Roosters now. Roosters have got the big Anzac Day clash. My yeah, apologies. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think uh, at worst fifth, um, and, I, and I do think they might uh, sneak into the top four at some stage. And once they get there, they'll be hard to remove. Yeah, I agree, Griff. <coughs> the biggest thing I, I see for the Roosters is being their Achilles heel. Is their forward pack? I sometimes think their forward pack really don't give the backs an opportunity. Um, we saw. I, I think Joey Manu's in career best form. He great player. He, he he is playing some outstanding football, and we saw it a couple of weeks ago where he actually, you know, like when the forwards were in trouble, he got the ball and did a hit up, and he done it a few times where he got the ball up and he bounced off a few players. A couple of years ago, I said that the Roosters 
really need to start making a massive investment in their forward pack. I think that's where we're starting to see the um, bet, the the dividends of that. I, I really think that that their forward pack needs some significant guidance. You know, you've got to you've got to remember this is a forward pack that's seen the likes of people like Mitch Orbison go. Um, you know, Jake Friend. They've lost some massive players, massive leaders in this forward pack. And I just think they need to regenerate that. Um, Tucky Aho is coming back. Um, I, I think the problem is at the moment their forward pack's hit and miss, you know. So if they can get their forward pack firing and playing some solid football every week, they've got an A-grade quality back line that will play off that any day of the week. So Ford packs, get it together. Their back line will get them in the top four. Ford pack can't get together. They'll finish fifth. All right. Well, moving now into our current top four, uh, the Parramatta Eels. We talked a bit about them earlier on fellas. Um, obviously they, they went down to the uh, the Tigers last week, which might influence some of our comments. But prior to that, um, they've been they've had a really strong start to the season. Um, the only team prior to last week that they went down to were the Cronulla Sharks. They've they've had some good wins. They had a great win. I think round three was the highlight when they beat the Storm. Um, but was last week, Griffo, a bit of an um, insight into what we've seen over the past few years with that inconsistency where just where you think Parramatta's going to be a tippy-top side, they um, they fluff it. Yeah, I just think last uh, Monday was a blip, <clears throat> to be honest. Um, we saw them slip up last year against the Dragons early in the season when they were winning a lot of games. Um uh, yeah, I just think it was a blip. I think they were probably um, a little complacent, I think. Probably just thought, you know, it's Parramatta Stadium on a bright, sunny afternoon. Um, our home, we win here and uh, we put on a show. 75th anniversary. So there you go. Um, you know, I just, uh, I can excuse that loss. Um, and uh, I think we'll come out, you know, they'll come out and, and uh, play much stronger. They were missing Junior Polo, which is a, a huge part of, of, of their game, uh, along with RCG, who got injured during the game uh, in the second half. So a lot of, well, that's, that's a big part of Para's game is those two guys going forward. And you particularly want those guys going forward when you're coming down to a, a um, you know, a, a tied up situation in the back end of the game. Um, yeah, I, I, I can excuse last week. Uh, I, I still think uh, when the whips are cracking, that Parramatta is going to be thereabouts. And uh, I think, you know, they're there every chance of making the top four. Um, if they don't make the top four, they're in the top six. And I think, uh, again, if they come up against team number eight, for example, it'll be uh, it'll be Para going through to the second week of the finals. Um, yeah, I, 
uh, I've been very impressed with most of their games this year. And um, they beat the Melbourne Storm, which uh, no one else has done this year. So um, they got something going for them. Yeah, yeah look, Riff, I, I agree. The thing with um, the things, Para, that, that worry me, um, they're the only side in the top eight that actually have a, an against column of over 100 points. Um, they really can concede points if they want to. They can they can score them, but they you know they have this ability to let them in. There there is there is a side at the moment that goes well. You can score forty, we'll score forty two. That's well and that's well and good when you can score the forty two. I think what happened last weekend is a classic example of where they need to take stock because they couldn't they couldn't outscore what they could concede. They, okay, it was all by one point. You know they're. they're yeah, you know, mind you, they're they're four columns at 170, which is very healthy, but they've conceded 125 points. To put it in perspective, the um, the the Warriors and the Knights haven't conceded that many points. That tells me that that whilst they're a very good attacking side, they really need to clean up what they do in defence, and, and that seems to be the the thing that Parramatta consistently need to do year after year. What, 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 what really gets Parramatta in the finals is that all of a sudden they hit a team where they can't score points against, but they're willing to let them in. I think what Parramatta need to do and do it quickly is put this line in the sand and say, right, we're going to be a defensive unit where we're going to be one of these sides that will only concede 12 to 18 points a game. We're not going to concede what we're conceding so far, and 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 I think that's I think for them that's the issue. Is I think they will be right up there, but if they can't curb this against column, and they can't curb the fact that they're letting in points, I just don't know how far up the ladder they're going to be, Graham. Mm. The, look, the other big movers and. Um the fans that are really excited about this year, the Cronulla Sharks. Uh, they were ninth last year. They weren't in the top eight. They're third at the moment, and uh, they've only lost two games. Uh, one of those losses coming last week in that big clash, as we said, against Melbourne. Uh, they've been in really good form. The only other loss they've had this year was in round one, where they went down to the Canberra Raiders. Uh, this is another team, Griffo, that... Um, Many of us were confident would make the top eight, but I I don't think until now I really considered them as a top four prospect. But given their first um, first six weeks of the competition, they've they've got to be right in that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, they've been really good. The Sharks. Uh, they went down. To the Raiders narrowly on the on the bell in, in the first game, uh, and then they went down to the Storm. But they were very competitive last week, um, and I think the sixteen point difference didn't quite reflect mm. how the uh, the game went. Um, they they're definitely a threat. Um, I'm not sure they'll make the top four. I think they're a very good chance, but I do think they'll be in the top six. Um, 
big game this week to give a yeah, measure a of where they're at. Massive game mm. um, for both teams. Obviously, both both teams have got players out. We'll talk more about the game soon, but uh, I, I think uh, in terms of you know, if if you ask me, are the Sharks going to be uh, in the top three? I would have said no. So I think uh, in terms of their ladder position, they're slightly overachieving at the moment. Um, yeah, I, they may they may stick around in the top four, but I, I just see them maybe dropping out um, to make way for a, a Roosters or a Sea Eagles. Hmm. Um, but I, I do believe that uh, they're going to be in the top six. Um, they're playing good football and um, yeah, they've got a good, uh, reasonably good differential of 49 plus. Um, yeah, big game, big game this week against the Sea Eagles. Definitely impressed, haven't they, Shane? Yeah, they've played very well. The, the key thing for them is uh, we've said it for a little while, yeah, they just dropped ball inside their own 40 and give the opposition a chance. They're not doing that this year. They're, they're holding the ball. They're treating it like gold. You know, I think they've got a completion rate up around uh, the 74%. That's, you know, they're not dropping the ball in the silliest of positions. Um, the thing that I really rate, they were horrible in their tackle efficiency at times over the last few years. And it's right up there this year. It's about 87%. Nico Hines has added to this side like no other. Yeah, great the point. Big loss, the big yeah. loss is Hamon Uele. He, he is, he's going to be a loss for that club. Um, what's he out for? I think maybe four weeks, uh, maybe longer. Um, and you know, a, lot, a lot was made of Nico Hines because I actually think he's been the highest player in their club with the most errors. But, you know, you look at, um, uh, Talakai, Ramian, what these guys have done on done on the fringes, Ikevalu, I just think that they're able to now put together sets like they haven't been able to to before, and 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 with Nico Hines on the back of that, it it just shows that you know they've they've now got quality players finishing things, whereas before they might have had that odd player who'd knock on and cause a problem. Jeez. Where they're going to finish, I don't know if they're a top four side, but they're looking like they're, they're definitely a finals contender. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd imagine them finishing uh, in, that, in that top six, but look, it just shows there's a lot of good teams this year. And, and when you say good teams, usually the team that comes to mind over the past decade at least and the rest is the Melbourne Storm. Um, I, I think we'll, we'll agree, Griffo, that they're where we expected them to be uh, as one of the top two sides. And the only um, the only stumble along the way was that game against Parra, as mentioned earlier. Yeah, they've been really good, Melbourne. Um, every year we sort of question, is this going to be the year they drop down the table? as they've, they've constantly been losing high-quality players, um, yet they keep producing new high-quality players and, and get the most out of 
players who maybe uh, at other clubs were, you know, mediocre. Um, the things they can do with ball in hand are, are quite amazing. Um, so they're always going to be a threat um, to opposition defences. And we can see that they've got 173 points for um, they can literally score a try from anywhere on the field. Uh, and we got guys like Monster, Pappenhaus, Harry Grant, Jerome Hughes. Um, there's points in those guys. And uh, they make the players around them better players. And you look at, you know, a guy like uh, Xavier Coates, a guy like Remus Smith, yeah. Justin Olam, Nick Meany, their three-quarter line. I don't think there's any club, uh, any other club, where if those blokes were in the side, that they'd be as good as what they are playing with the Melbourne Storm, with with, um, with those guys around them of, of very high quality. So uh, their forward pack is solid. You know, they, uh, they lost a couple of guys last week to COVID, the Bromwich brothers, yet they still got the job done. Um, they are a very strong team. I do expect that they will uh, be in the top four and then they're every chance of being top two. Um, so uh, Melbourne Storm, they just keep, keep it on, really. Um, you know, uh, I was going to say our old mate, Rolf Harris, but we can't say that. Now, <laughs> uh, was, he ain't my mate. <laughs> just, no, he's not my mate either. But, uh, uh, was, it, was it the British yeah, paints? British keep on paints. You know, yeah. no, you'd know Shane. Oh, you were in uh, the industry at one stage. I remember. You, a I don't sure can. trust. Sure trust can. Trust sure can. But sure can. can't trust Rolf. Some, someone that would would keep on keeping on. No, and, you know. Uh, uh, I, I guess you know British paints have, have probably distanced themselves from uh, from Rolf as has anyone who uh, has had anything to do with him. But uh, yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't know that there's a connection between the Melbourne Storm and Rolf, but uh, something just keep on keeping on. Um, and that's the Melbourne Storm. May not be Rolf. <laughs> Where do you go from there, Shano? I mean, uh, they're, they're, they're a juggernaut. They're, look, the Melbourne contenders. Storm just are a juggernaut. Like, yeah. you know, I, I think what, what, yeah, we. I got to eat humble pie. I talked about their venom, you know, and their lack of. And you know, Munster's been outstanding. Pappenhausen on the back of that. Their Ford pack has done things. Um, you've almost you've almost got to pin Melbourne down and hope for something. Uh, I think Justin Ollum, he's, he, he's probably, you know, he's made a few mistakes, but then again, he, he scores two tries, you know, and then all of a sudden it's made up for, they're such a well-drilled, well-coached team. They're the Melbourne Storm. They'll be in top four. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, 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 they're contenders. I mean, they, they could very well win the whole thing, but if they aren't to win the whole thing, I think uh, everyone's favorite to, to win the Premiership would have to be the Penrith Panthers. Uh, perfect record, six from six. Um, they're the best rugby league team on the planet uh, at present. Their performances each week show at Griffo. And I think, um, you know, whilst we say they're the best team, I think for um, 
for someone like yourself who follows the team closely, uh, the, the best part of all of this is the fact that they were able to get um, a few of those wins without Nathan Cleary on the park. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, um, you know, I didn't know that they were going to be uh, 6-0, and to be honest, um, knowing that, that Nathan Cleary was not going to be there for, uh, for the first three weeks. But um, they're just getting the job done. They haven't been at their best uh, for most of the games. They were very good against Manly. They were very good against South. They were very good in the second half against the Broncos. Um, and in patches of other of other games, they've been very good as well. But um, they've, they've conceded, uh, well, they're the best defensive team in the league. Mm. I think uh, if we looked at, uh, and, and I don't have access to it at the moment, but I think if we looked at the first six rounds last year, um, I think they would have conceded a lot less points than the 78. Do you know what's phenomenal, Griffo? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a ridiculous thing to try and aim for. After six games last year, they'd only conceded 38 points. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Like, that's just, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I say that, and I think, well, their defence isn't as good as it was, but it's still better than anyone else. We look it at... Uh, but again, sort of tempering that is the fact that they have played four games against lesser lights. Um, so they played the Bulldogs, they played the Broncos, the Dragons, and... Knights are probably Knights, on that yeah. That yeah, that's about. right. So... Um, and they've only played two teams in the top eight, uh, in the Rabbitohs and, and the Sea Eagles. So they haven't played any other top four teams. Um, but again, in saying that, one of the reasons why those other teams are not in the top four is because they played Penrith and didn't get a win that week. So, um, yeah, it, it's been a good start. Um, very positive in, in, in their attack. Uh, particularly with the introduction of, of Isaac Tego and Taylor May, who are, are both scoring tries each week. Um, t- uh, Taylor May has been a bit of a revelation, actually. I think he, he's mm. either leading the, the try scorers or, or might just be in uh, second spot behind Pappenhausen. Um, but he, he, missed, he missed the first two or three games. So uh, his strike rate is, is very, very good. Um, the flip side of that, particularly for Isaac Tago, who, who's been fantastic in attack, but he's been found wanting a little bit in defense. Um, as I said earlier, Katoni Staggs just gave him an absolute bath last week as as Katoni did to Momorowski the, the week before. So... Um, if anyone out there needs a bath, just call Katoni. Uh, he'll get the job done for you. I've heard that. <laughs> but Tago's um, been great in attack. Yeah, I think I think um, uh, I think the better sides are really going to test out um, test out that uh, that left edge for Penrith. Um, it's not that he can't tackle; he's actually 
quite a strong player, but sometimes he comes up a little too quickly and he just gets a read wrong. And, and I think that with, with experience, uh, I think we'll see that improve. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm really happy as a Panthers supporter to still see them up at number one, uh, knowing that then they've not really played their best uh, just yet. That uh, there's improvement um, in, in some areas of their game, and uh, yeah, a good start. And, and I didn't really expect that uh, they'd be six and all, but very happy that they are. Yeah, and I think Shane, you'd, you'd echo the fact that they're the they're the team to beat this year, and we'd expect that oh. to be the way going forward. They they won't lose another game at home this year by the looks of it. Oh, I don't know, Shane. <laughs> Well, they haven't lost at home since 2019, is that right? They've been, but you know what? I think I think what they've done, I think what they've done is they've said, okay, what's, what's, what's the legacy? What I love about this club is they haven't talked about wins and loss. What's the legacy? Okay, the legacy is our home ground. We're going to protect the home ground. That's sacrosanct. We then take the win from our home ground into the next game, which is away. In the knowledge that we're coming back home to, to protect that. It, it, it's a culture that that very few clubs have ever been able to achieve, and they achieved it. I Look, I'm not going to add anything to Griffin, I said, because he knows them far better than I do and I, I just admire what they're doing I, I think they're an exceptional rugby league club um, they're doing everything right, they're ticking all the boxes they're going to be exceptionally difficult to beat again this year yep, no they're, they're the team to beat, I think many would agree with that and um, look that's, that's, that's every team, we've looked at every single team um, so far that's a bit of an update for you guys as to how we think they're going uh, as of round six, but um, the thing to keep in mind is we've got round seven still to come up, so it's uh, it's time for the two-minute tip. <laughs> All right, that's kicking off the tips for this week and the preview. Um, this week, guys, we've got plenty of big games, as uh, we alluded to now. Shano, I know this is a bit new for you. You haven't been on board since we've done the two-minute tip. It's basically, I'm, basically, I'm ready. I'm practicing. I'll, I'll give Griffo two minutes to uh, to preview the game and then um, we'll head over to you and you can have another two minutes. And, um, yeah, yep. if you don't need to use the whole two minutes, you don't need to, but um, we'll uh, we'll see how we go. It's a, it's a bit of fun and something that we've enjoyed over the past couple of weeks here. Um, but kicking off uh, round seven this week, the first game that we will see, uh, in round seven of the Premiership will be the Sharks taking on the Seagulls. Now, this game is going to happen on uh, Thursday. I just had to double-check because we are recording Wednesday night to make sure it is still Wednesday and it's not Thursday yet. Um, it, it will happen tomorrow as of when we are recording this. The um, the Sharks, um, Finucane, will miss the game after suffering a head knock and failing his HIA against Melbourne. Um, Hemlin ULA, as Shane mentioned before, is also out. We've got McKenna starting at lock, Aiden Tolman coming to the starting side, and Royce Hunt joining the bench. We've got Sione Katoa returning to the wing after his knee injury. That's going to push Harati to the reserves, while uh, Britton Nakora 
is also named to return after the COVID protocols. Uh, Morgan Harper back for the Seagulls in the centres after his COVID-enforced layoff. Uh, so Cooler's going back to the reserves list. Uh, Josh Alloway is out, replaced by Paseka, who moves to the bench from the bench. Josh Alloway. Yeah, I knew that one of you would jump in with that one. Uh, well, I thought he wasn't <laughs> playing because yeah. he was playing against the Sharks and he thought Paul Gallen might be there. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, one of uh one of uh one of our favorite moments that that that's like that's the ultimate gap i think that was a good one that'll be hard to beat um Kepi's out bullimore joins the bench um and tapau still out as well so griffo we've got the um the informed sharks taking on the manly seagulls as we said this will be a bit of a test for both teams as to whether or not they're um their top four uh contenders yeah, um, I, I look forward to this game. Unfortunately, uh, I won't see it live because uh, I'll be uh, I'll be at uh, midnight oil uh, ah, tomorrow night. Burning the midnight um, oil. Well, I, I I will plan to do such things, um, but I'll certainly want to have a look at uh, at least the the KO mini of this game because I, I do think it's the game of the round. I'm tipping Manly. Um, I did my tips earlier today and I'm pretty sure I tipped the Sea Eagles. I know they're still missing Tommy, but they have shown in the, over the last few weeks that an ability to, um, to play a different game and still get the job done. Um, one of the reasons I lent towards Manly was because of the fact that uh, Finucane is out, but also... Very importantly, as you mentioned, Braden Hamlin Ueli, uh, who I rate quite highly as a, as a yardage man. So two key forwards out for the Sharks. Um, I think this game goes down to the wire. Um, the guy that I think, you know, has been really going well, DCE obviously has been having a, a stellar season uh, with his kicking game. Uh, but Hamoli Olakawatu, um, he's been a wrecking ball. And I think uh, big Hamoli, we might see him as part of Brad Fittler's squad. Um, Holy moly. Yeah. Uh, if he maintains this form, uh, I think possibly um, it's between him and, and uh, um, Kolo Matangi um, from the Rabbitohs as, as to mm. who might... Uh, I can't see them both making a 17 because they're a little bit similar um, type of player. Um, but uh, anyway, so Seagulls, done. All right, Shana, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, big, big game. I think that the great, <laughs> I think that the actual, um, the big matchup is going to be between uh, Ramian and Talakai versus Parker and Harper. Um, I think Kieran Ford's been playing eyes up football. That's just been outstanding. Uh, Ruben Garrick's showing what he can do at fullback. I do think that Hamel Newelle and Dal Finucan is a big loss. That's huge for the for the Sharks. Um, I also think the interchange bench is something that hasn't been made enough of with for the Manly Seagulls. I really think who that who they've got is big. Fafita comes back this week for the Sharks on the bench. Oh, he's been there, but he's on the bench. Sorry, been there for a while. But yeah, I 
I just think that the Manly Seagulls have got this, and I think that um, they're a far more solid side with a forward pack. Bursting a forward pack that's minus some very good troops, mainly for me. Wow. Okay. Jeez. Interesting. I'm I'm taking the sharks. I'm actually surprised I'm the only person taking the sharks. Um, but yeah, won't won't labour the point. But I I just feel as though off the back of last week's game, they'll be looking for a, a big one, and I think this is an opportunity for the sharks to really stand up and show what they're made of. So I'll go the sharks. Um, point of difference there, fellas. Uh, the second game that we're going to look at will happen on Friday. Now, please be aware, everyone, that the first game we will see on Friday will kick off at 5 to 8. There's no early game this week on the Friday. There'll be another game uh, happening on Monday. Um, we know last week that Tessie New was injured for the um, the Broncos. So we've got Tamari Martin playing his first NRL game since April 2019. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Um Back in the NRL, uh, Herbie Farnworth is back in the centres and gambles the 5-8 with Billy Waters on the bench. Payne Haas back from that one-game ban at prop. Um, Corey Pakes also in at hooker with Jake Turpin nursing a shoulder injury. Uh, Flegler gets a spot on, this, on the bench as well with his return from suspension, meaning Ryan James is going to drop out. Bulldogs also have a couple of changes that we know of at this stage, given um, the unfolding situation there at the Bulldogs with COVID. But uh, we know that Braden Burns has a hamstring injury and Chris Patolo uh, has a head knock. So they're both out with Shoop and Waddell coming into the side. Griffo, there's a couple of teams we talked about that have been struggling. Um, one of them's got to win this week. Uh, how do you see this one going? Yeah, I think Broncos. Um, I know the you know there's been a COVID, uh, COVID, you know, not scare at the Bulldogs, but a COVID situation. Um, I was going to tip the Broncos anyway. Uh, the key Bulldogs players are still there. Uh, the likes of Matt Burton, Tavita Panga Junior. Um, Marshall King has been really good for him. Um, the, the forward pack hasn't really changed too much as a result of those COVID uh, problems. Um, it's mainly been in the in the back line. Um, uh, I'd, I've never heard of Jacob Caraz, but uh, him and, uh, and the Shoop Dog form an interesting combination there. Um, up against Stags and, and Herbie Farnworth's back this week. He, he's a good player, Herbie. But to Stags has been in, in amazing form. So um, the Shiraz man, uh, Jacob there, uh, making his debut. Um, it's good to see uh, Yoko Ono's back on the bench after a week or two out. Um, so that's good to see. And we've got uh, Billy Sikrikis, uh, who I think is a Greek international. I think he might play lower grades with... Penrith maybe last year, not that they played too much. So some guys uh, making their NRL debuts. It's going to be exciting for those guys. Um, Dufty last week uh, was was very good in attack, but and, and I've heard you know a lot of praise for uh, Dufty after his shocker against the Panthers. But uh, on bits and pieces, I I can recall of the game. He, he, he wasn't even a speed hump, really, because a speed hump can actually 
Stop. Slower you down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hurt, yeah. No, I go going with the Broncos. All right. What are your thoughts, Shana? Broncos. <laughs> Broncos. You know, it's it, look outside of um, Matt Burton. I I just can't see. Uh, of course, Josh had car as well. I just can't see where they're getting outdone in this match. I. When you look at this is a this is a developing situation with the dogs. Um, four at the moment could be more. They're after some concessions to make sure they fill the side. I just think that the Brisbane Broncos at home will be able to win this match quite easily. Um, yeah, I I can't add anything more to Griffo, and really, you know. It's 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 not looking it's not looking like it's a solid or good situation for the dogs. So Broncos for me. Yeah, I'm gonna go the Broncos too. Even with like you said, even without that COVID situation, um, I was pretty keen on the Broncos in this one. Um, yeah, just just not really happy with how the uh, the Bulldogs are travelling. So I'll I'll go with the Broncos, especially at home. All right, game three of the round. Um, will take place up in Townsville. It's an all-Queensland affair. This one's 5.30 on Saturday evening. The Cowboys will take on the Titans. Uh, in regards to team news, um, uh, Griffin Neme returns from concussion. Jordan McLean starts with uh, Ruben Cotter being welcomed back to the bench. Um, the Hammer is listed amongst the reserves. I did notice that he's in number 23. 23. He's coming back from injury, obviously. It was a knee injury. Keep an eye on that one. He may not play this week, but that's a good indication that it's not too far away for um, Tabuai Fado. Uh, same 17 that played last week for the Titans. Uh, Jaden Campbell is in the reserve, so he's another one for them to have a look at. Uh, number 24 there. But... Um, yeah, this is this is one of those games where uh, we, we we talked about both teams hoping to make the top eight, Griffo, and from from either side's point of view, they're expected to win if they're going to be a top eight team. Yeah, um, up in uh, up in Townsville, um, the Cowboys. We talked about the fact that you know they've probably exceeded expectations, um, certainly for us. Uh, and the Titans have been maybe a little bit down, um, but I, I, I'm back in the Titans here with no confidence because it's the Titans, and, and you just don't know what they're gonna do for the whole 80 minutes. You know that they're gonna be uh, going well for for some of the match. Um, to me, they have to win this game, but they're coming up against an opposition who's been in really good form and and developing some confidence in each other's game. They've had a pretty consistent team for a few weeks. Um, Drinkwater's been really good at the back, and I, I really think he, he keeps his spot even if the hammer does come back. Um, uh, maybe uh, it's the hammer might uh, go into the onto the wing, perhaps, because um, I think he's better than either Cal Felt or Mori Tuolongi. I think Tuolongi's been going quite well. Um I'd, I'd put the hammer on in for Carl Felt, who I know he's been a, a bit of a, a legend for the club um, with the big uh, try to to get him back into the grand final. But I just think the hammer offers 
more, and I think Drinkwater offers plenty at the back. Um, Valentine Holmes been in great form. The forwards have been going well, led by Jason Tamalolo, and uh, and as we mentioned, the balloon and 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 I have been really good uh, in the back row. So they're going to ask plenty of questions of the Titans. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure. Sexton's got to uh, he's got to aim up the sex bomb. Um, uh, I'd be more confident if if uh, young Campbell was to take the field, but I'm sticking with the Titans. I think they have to win. This is this is a bit of a flip of the coin, I think, <coughs> for a lot of people, Shano. Um, what are your thoughts here? Do you think that the the Cowboys can continue this good run of form? A lot of been for both sides, Gray. Um, I, I look. This is a flip a coin for me. You know, when I go flip a coin, I go for the home. I, um, I just look at I just look at both teams. I, I agree with Griff. I, I think this is one that the Titans has to win. I just look at across both sides. I think they're so evenly matched. I think that the home ground advantage will will do it. Um, I got the Cowboys, but really it's flip a coin. I I, I think. I think I want to see um, Tino and David Fafida really light this game up. I think if they if they can light this game up and win it for the Titans, that'll springboard their season. But I've got uh, Tom Alomo and his mob doing it for the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I'm a bit unsure about this one. Eh? Like, I think I'm going to go the Cowboys, not not purely because they're at home. I think it's just. I don't know. I feel like I haven't tipped the Cowboys and they win, so I'm going to give them a go. Uh, uh, it's just the inconsistency of both teams. You just don't know what you're going to get, and you got to choose one. So I'll I'll go Cowboys. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a bit like that with that one. I don't think anyone will be surprised if it goes either way. Um, finishing off the games on Saturday night will be the Tigers hosting the Rabbitohs at Combank Stadium at Parramatta. Um, the Tigers are coming off that. Uh, win the other night, as you'd imagine, they're going to uh, play with the same 17. Um, Simkin suffered an ankle injury. They're expecting him to be right to play, um, which is interesting because when the game was on, it didn't look great when uh, he went over on his ankle. So uh, have a look at that. We know that Jacob Little's in the reserves, so uh, that's something to keep in mind. And also they've got Jock Madden in the side. Um, so, yeah, there's there's some options there. Um for the Rabbitohs, uh, Davey Mowali is on the bench this week. Isaiah Tass did come into the side last week and scored a try and debut. He's listed amongst the reserves. The other change for South is that Hame Sele will start a prop with Tom Burgess on the bench. Uh, Griffo, we've got the Tigers coming off uh, a win. South Sydney have been in better form over the past few weeks and have shown that they are a top eight side. Do the Tigers take some confidence out of last week and is it enough to uh, worry the Rabbitohs? Firstly, yes, they do take confidence. Secondly, no, it's not going to be enough to get them across the line. Um, and, and, and every credit to the Tigers uh, for beating power because no one really expected it. Um, but they got the job done. Hastings proved himself to be a leader um, and he should be given the captaincy. Forget about the five leaders nonsense. 
he's the captain of the he's he's the guy that they look to he's the guy coming out in the media talking um and and making a lot of sense and and it, it's the way he's leading from the front it's it's follow me boys um uh he was their best player before he got suspended and i, I think we've almost forgot that he was going early, early in the year he was going well um their back, back row was uh, Tuolangi uh, and Leilu really good last week. Um, but South, the, I think the Tigers winning on Monday is the best thing that could have happened to South because any complacency uh, you'd think would have been dispelled after watching the Tigers win. Um, and, and as I said, I think Parramatta had a little bit of complacency. So that's not going to be an issue for South. They know they're in a game. Uh, and um, I think we might see quite a few points scored, but I think most of those points are going to be red and green. I'm back in the rabbit holes. I thought about making this my uh, my uh, joker for the round, but uh, mm. uh, I decided to go elsewhere. Um, mainly because still to me, the rabbit holes without Luttrell uh, are not as strong a side, even though Blake Taff has, has been really good. Um, I was surprised to, to see that uh, Isaiah Tass, yep. is that his first name? I was really surprised he's not there this week. I thought he was good last week, uh, but mm. sells for me all the way. Could well be a late inclusion there, Shano. He was good last week, and obviously South Sydney have been building. Uh, you'd expect that South Sydney would want to get another two points out of this one, and these are the games you'd expect them to win. Yeah, yeah, they should win this and win it comfortably. Um, I, I, I look at I look at one to seventeen, even as they're named, and I just can't see how anywhere across the line, um, you know, you know, like the. The South Sydney side is just a far more clinical side. The guy I've got to applaud since coming back is Blake Taft. He played, you know, he got he stepped in for Mit, for Latrell Mitchell, um, you know, when he got injured, what, the 16th minute? Last week, diffused everything that was thrown at him. Uh, hasn't missed a got kick a goal this season. He, he just looks every fullback like everyone said he would. I just look at this guy side and I just think that this might be the game. This is the game for Cody Walker to step up. If he wants to take charge of his football side, this is the game. But Jake, Jackson Hastings have done so well last week. I've got South Sydney. No issue. Campbell Graham's been good too. I think a lot of people yeah. haven't yeah. been giving him the, the credit. Because yep. the other thing you've got to remember about Campbell Graham, he's only young still. Yeah. And, and – yep. I think with Ilias being the, 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 the player in form, they're going down that right side a bit more. Yep. So, yep. yeah, some, some, some good players in form. Other player we don't talk about, haven't talked about in a few weeks, who's in tip-top form is um, Dry Arrow, who yes. did well to actually get on the field last week. Uh, yep. So, yeah, um, I think that's pretty, pretty clear that we'd expect South Sydney to win that one. Um, moving on to the games on Sunday, we've got the Knights taking on the Eels. This one's a home game for, for Newcastle. It will happen at McDonald Jones Stadium uh, at 2 o'clock. This one's going to kick off. Um, Adam Clune's name to return in the halves. Uh, he was a late withdrawal last week against the Dragons due to a knee injury. So that means that Crossland's going to go back to the bench. Heimel Hunt, they reckon, is getting closer to a return from a knee injury. Uh, he's in the reserves this week. 
Um, and Daniel Saifedi is lifted to start, but last week we know he did a switcheroo with his brother Jacob, so um, yeah, one to keep an eye on there. Junior Paulo is back for the Eels. He missed last week's game through suspension. That'll shift Oregon Kafusi to the bench. Um, Nakore is out. He's replaced by Penasini in the centres um, with Hayes Perham. We've talked about all the uh, the Hayes over Parramatta. Uh, here's another Hayes on the wing. Um, Campbell Gillard has been named. He did pick up an ankle injury in that game the other day, so keep an eye on that. And uh, we've got Mitch Rain on the reserves with Jacob Arthur on the bench. Um, I think this one, Griffo, might be a case of Beware Newcastle, because we've got uh, Parramatta with serious bounce-back factor here. They'll be looking to to come out and make amends for last Monday's game. Yeah, they will. And I, I think they actually... I think they'll win this game. I'm pretty confident. Uh, I li- I'm liking seeing Penasini back in the centres. Um, I think it, that's his best spot. Um, Perrin comes in there on the wing, as you mentioned. I, I think the forward pack... Um, Junior Paulo comes back massive in. Mm. Uh, question mark, obviously, about RCG um, with the injury that he sustained to his ankle last week. If he is there, I don't think he's going to be a peak um, uh, run-in, you know, which is his, his big thing. That the meat, he's a meter eater. And if you've got a busted ankle, well, that's going to make it tough. Um, but I still think you look at the forward pack, um, guys in the back row, you've got Lane and Papali'i, Brown, that's just pretty handy. You could coming off the bench, you got um, Krakatoa, uh, Matteson and, and Kafusi. So um, plenty of size and, and ability there. And, and Jake Arthur's there. And I think Rain might have been there last week. I'm not sure, but Arthur obviously will... Give Marnie a rest if he needs one and can uh, deputise in the halves. Uh, and I, I just think um, uh, Newcastle are on a bit of a downer at the moment. It's an important game for them. Um, they're going to lose touch with the with the top eight if they go down again here. They already had four in a row with losses. Uh, it's a home game for the Knights, but I just think... Uh, I think Para will really, uh, as you said, there'll be a bounce back factor and then they'll want to atone for the loss against the Tigers. So it's it's eels for me. All right, Shano, Parramatta. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I see some good ins for, for, for the Knights though. I actually <laughs> think the Knights side is looking like a fairly strong side. When you look at the ins they've got, hmm. um, you know, Ponga, Lee, Gagai, uh, best, you know, looking to cut Clifford Clune. I like Clemmer. I thought Clemmer at the end of the last game, when he pulled Lomax aside, like he's a he's a guy that you is a leader amongst that forward pack. Frizzell, uh, Kurtman, in saying that, when I look at when I look at the side and I look at who might come in for that, come into that team list, I just one to seventeen for Para. Should should dispose of this side and should dispose of them well. Bounce back factor is is something we have to talk about all week. Now they're going to train at one hundred and ten percent to put 
the knight side to the sword. I, 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 I've got the knight. I've got the, 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 the Parramatta <laughs> I was, Eagles. I, oh, the knight, I was going to say, I've got the knight's losing. <laughs> Parramatta for me. Yeah, well, when you get three hours into a podcast, we'll, we'll forgive you for that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. He has uh, got the knight. He's had the whole night. Yeah. I'm with you guys too. I'll go Parramatta in that one. Um, yeah, I, 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 they'll, they'll bounce back from that. They're a, they're a top quality side and they should get the job done. Uh, speaking of top quality sides, uh, the 405 game on Sunday, the main game of the day will be the Panthers taking on the Raiders. As you'd imagine from Penrith, there's not much to talk about with team news when you've won six games on the trot. Um, they're unchanged. Uh, no real uh, talk of any um, team news over there at Penrith. Uh, most of the team news for this one's going to come out of the Raiders camp with a couple of backline changes for the Raiders. Uh, Rapina replacing uh, Nickel Klockstad at fullback. Uh, he's going to move to the bench. Savage is going to come onto the wing. Rushton, uh, Harry Rushton, is in line for an NRL debut. He's been included in the bench with Emre Gula joining uh, Croker in the reserves. Um, Hudson Young, 18th man, and uh, Chris is out of the 24-man squad. So, um, yeah, this here really, I mean, we've got the Red Hot Panthers, Griffo. Um, in, a, in a nutshell, they're playing at home. Uh, we talked about earlier the, um, the fortress that is Penrith uh, in recent years. They haven't lost there since 2019. It'd take a massive effort from the Raiders to be that team to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we saw last week that, that you haven't got two points till you actually you know, get to the 80th minute and you've won a game, or in some cases you might go beyond the 80th minute. Um, Parramatta, we all expected, would be the Tigers at home. Uh, it's not quite that level of expectation that, that the Panthers will beat the Raiders, but it is a high level of expectation because the Raiders have been down on form. Um, they went down to the Cowboys last week at home after leading 12-0 at halftime. So um, it's going to take a monumental turnaround from Ricky's Raiders to um, to beat Penrith. Um there's talent in the Raiders' side. Um, there's no doubt that they've got plenty of talent there, but it just, just doesn't seem right at the moment. For whatever reason, um, they're not clicking f- for anywhere near 80 minutes. And um, for Canberra to win this game, everything's got to go right for them. Um, I, I see. <clears throat> excuse me. I see points in the Raiders, um, but I, I've got to say I see more points in the Panthers. And if the Raiders, you know, can hold Penrith for, for most of the game, they'll give themselves a chance. But um, they need uh, they need to be thereabouts. And we did see them come back against the, the Gold Coast Titans. I think they were 22-0 down and came back um, in, in somewhat of a miraculous performance. So if they can reproduce that sort of uh, effort, that's what it's going to take to beat Penrith. Um, May, Crichton, Tago, Staines, um, 
I think some points in that uh, three-quarter line, and I think enough points to beat Canberra. Yeah, Shane, you'd think uh, Penrith would be pretty hot favourites amongst the punters in this one. There is nothing I can say, no analysis I can give. It's Penrith all the way. Like they've just got so much class. One to seventeen, they've got it over it. We've talked about Canberra. They're looking like a bit of a shambles. They're now they're now changing things up. Penrith is the last team I'd want to change things up against. I think Penrith's going to win this very well. Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine Penrith would win this one. Um, and I don't think too many people would be too concerned. And it could very, very well be um, one that people consider for their uh, their margin this week. I think a lot of people might be uh, thinking about this one. Um, but there is one game still to come a little later in the round that uh, has margin written all over it. Uh, on Monday, we have uh, Anzac Day, which is a really great... Um, Great occasion, especially in the uh, the world of rugby league, because we have the traditional uh, clash between the Dragons and the Roosters Monday 4 p.m. at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Uh, for the Dragons, they're coming off a win, so they've named the same 17 players. Um, they've still got, as Griffo said, Tyrell Sloan amongst the reserves, and as we know, Mbai is uh, the current fullback. Uh, for the Roosters, Paul Momorowski coming back into the side for Kevin Aguama and Takiyaho. Uh, replacing uh, Salukas Fafida on the bench. Sam Verrills, you'll notice, has been named to start, but we do know that there is a possibility on game day for Drew Hutchinson and him to do a bit of a switcheroo as well. Um, we know we know that the, the Roosters are probably in better form, Griffo, but if uh, any game's going to bring out the best in the Dragons, it's this Anzac Day clash that we, um, we've come to, to, to know and love over recent years and has become a real tradition here in the NRL. Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it is one of the, the highlight games of, of this the season. Um, very fortunate, I think, these two teams to, you know, at some point in time, and it's been going for a while now that, uh, you know, that they said, right, okay, this is the Anzac Day clash every year. Um, and they always uh, get a huge crowd. Um, I, I've been to the march a few times in the city, um, and there's a, you know, obviously that's a, an event, very much um, the the most important event of the day. Mm. But there's a bit of a buzz around uh, at that time. You see a lot of people go to the march wearing their dragons or or roosters um, jersey, and and obviously you know they're, they're heading out to the game, so. Um, it, it's a huge, a huge day. Uh, and a lot of people, that it might be the only game they go to during the year, but um, ladder position don't tend to count for too much um, that both sides fire up irrespective of where they are on the ladder. And, and, I, and I certainly think, you know, that's in, in the Dragons' favour. Um, they're coming off a win, as you said, um, they'll throw everything at the roosters. They'll, there's a, they're an aggressive, they've got a number of aggressive players, Frankie Molo, Tariq Sims, Jaden Sewer, DeBellin, Josh Maguire. Um, they're all aggressive players uh, and they'll try and put the roosters off their game. 
I think the, the Roosters have got a bit more class and I think uh, the Roosters forwards should be able to deal with the aggression. Um, they haven't been at their best, really, the Roosters, but I'm going to back them to win this game. Yeah, <coughs> big, big game, isn't it, Shana? Oh, this is one of my favourites of the year. I really love this game. I think this is a really good concept. I think it's 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 a tradition that's been, thank God, upheld over the years. This is one of the premier calendar moments, not only in Australia, but in our sporting calendar. It's a great game. We you know, every year you pick the Roosters and the Dragons show up, um, but I'll, I'll pick the Roosters. I think one to seventeen again. They're, they've got some uh, fantastic football players. I think the guy, without a doubt, Joseph Manu, is the guy who's absolutely playing some fantastic football. Uh, interesting to see. Um, interesting to see how their forward pack goes for the Roosters. Um, if I was the Dragons, I'd say that's where we could where we could really find some traction. Their back line though is clinical. And um, yeah, Takiaho in the side butcher. Um, I, I just think that, that the Roosters have it. Another game that's um, I was, I was going to say like I'm also tipping the Roosters in this one, and, and it is the the traditional um, Anzac Day clash. And I, I think the Dragons will show up and make a great game of it. It fires them up and it and it really gets them going. Um, this game, but I, I still like the Roosters in this one. But another game that's become a, a traditional um, Anzac Day clash and one that's um, become a, a a regular fixture on Anzac Day now is actually the Storm versus the Warriors. Um, that game will also take place uh, on Anzac Day. This one's a later game. It will kick off at 7pm at Amy Park in Melbourne. Um the Storm have Ryan Pappenhausen named. There, there was an obviously a concern about his ankle. Um, the Bromwich brothers are back after their COVID layoff. Um, that would mean that, yeah, you've got... Uh, well, they'll be starting. You'd have uh, Jesse at prop and Kenny in the back row, which would push Smith um, back to the bench. Um, bit of a shuffle there. For the Warriors, um, got Lodge back into the side. Penne going to the bench. Uh, Curran and Johnson have both been named. They copped knocks last week. Um, and Jazz Vega is named amongst the reserves. Many will be aware that he's served a couple of match ban. Uh, this is another one, Griffo, as I said. We, we've got this um, this Anzac Day clash. Uh, I feel as though with this one, though, uh, unfortunately for the Warriors, it's going to be a bloody hard trip to go to Melbourne. And, uh, and try and come away with two points because they're in fine form. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a bit of an Anzac Day uh, reenactment in, in some ways because, you know, the Anzacs in some places were sort of up against it and, and absolutely did their best. And, um, for mine, I think uh, it's a tough ask for the, for the Warriors. Um, who, who every year play this game down in Melbourne. Um, maybe next year, you know, if, if COVID uh, things calm down, maybe it might be time to for the for the storm to, to head over to Auckland. 
That'd be a great sight. Yeah. um, yeah. They'd have to probably change game times and whatnot because um, obviously uh, a couple hours ahead, maybe three hours this time of the year, I'm not sure. But um, but, uh, it might be nice for the people of New Zealand who who are obviously as much a part of of Anzac as, as the people of Australia. Um, you know, our two countries united um, in that way. Um, it might be nice if, uh, if they were able to to get a game over there um, of this, uh, you know, on this solemn uh, occasion. And, and it, um, the build-up to these games is just amazing to watch. It really does get the emotions um, stirring. But once the football starts, after the you know initial sort of, you know, I don't know if we have a softening up period anymore, but after the emotion sort of dissipates a little, that's when I think we'll start to see the storm with the class that they've got start to prevail. Um, we talked about earlier, you know, about the attacking arsenal that they've got with the likes of Papenhaus and Monster Hughes. Um, and I just think uh, it's going to be too much for the Warriors. I think the Warriors will be in there early, but Storm, and I'm, I'm actually backing the Storm as my joker this Jim week. Margin, yeah. Margin, yeah. <laughs> Thought it might be a joker yeah. in the Thief. Uh, Shano, I, I think that uh, most people would assume that you're tipping the Storm, but um, it, it, do you think it's going to be... You know, as clean cut as Griffo said, is it is it you know your margin contender? Is it your joker and the thief? Are they going to have a day out? Oh well, look, you know, you got uh, you got Kenny Bromwich back. You've got you know you got the likes of some pretty <laughs> serious people back yeah. for the Storm. Um, looking at the Warriors, I, I think I think the Warriors will aim up early. I think their forward pack will come good. They're my joker too. I. I just look across the park. I look at Munster, the form he's in, the Pap. It's it's like as if one person, Harry Grant, and I, now I think that this year a lot a lot hasn't been made of Harry Grant. I think not many people are talking about him. I think he's in absolutely phenomenal form at the moment. Um, Big Nelson, you know, you look at their you look at their starting thirteen, and it it, it is just class across the field. They're playing a side on the flip of that, who I think is down on confidence, who I think isn't playing some great football. I think they're constantly dishing to Reese Walsh, hoping for the best. And um, and they're they're really they're they're a lost ship in the night at the moment. They they just they're just circling around hoping the stars can produce something. And, and really it's it's a cloudy night every time they want to navigate. Um, I've got the storm winning by a very comfortable margin, and they too will be my joker and the thief this week. Yeah, I've got the storm obviously, but I'm just thinking about my my joker and the thief margin. I feel like a lot of people are going to go the storm this week. I feel like I've I fluffed a few weeks. I almost need to go for a bit of a point of difference. Don't know. I'm minus one overall, Grant. Yeah, I was minus one last week. I had para. <laughs> I'm minus one overall. Isn't that crazy? Look, it just shows that you never, you never really know. Um, but you know, if you're in a competition where you've got to choose the biggest winning margin, I think your contenders this week would probably be Penrith, Melbourne, 
maybe even a Roosters or a South. Uh, they're probably the ones you'd keep in mind. But um, look, overall, I think um, I think what we've got to look forward to is a is a big week, and I think also, um, you know, those last few games we talked about really highlighted the fact that um, you know Anzac Day is a massive part of of the calendar here as an Australian, but also for the NRL, and in addition to the um, the Anzac Day matches and the excitement they bring, I'm also excited to see some of the uh, the Anzac Day strips. We know that most teams uh, decide to run out a fancy jersey for Anzac Day, and um, I think that's also something to keep an eye out for this week. Yep. Definitely. All right, fellas. Well, we've had a big episode. We've had a big week, and I think that uh, we've covered just about everything in the world of rugby league. And I think it's time to say goodbye and uh, good luck to your team this week, everyone. See you later, everyone. Thanks for staying on if you're still listening. You're doing well. (laughs) Have a good week, everyone. Be good. Bye-bye.